What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Classic Quest Podcast. This is the show where we listen to hip-hop albums such as Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Moral and the Big Steppers, and we go through these these albums track by track, albums like Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Moral and the Big Steppers, and we talk about each and every song on the project, letting you know our thoughts and opinions. And as I've said a couple times already today, we will be talking about the brand-new 2022 Return from the hiatus of feelings of sorts, Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Moral and the Big Steppers album review time. My name's Holden Stefan Roy. My name is Chris Chrome. And yeah, today we are going to go through all 18 of these dub- tracks on this double disc bonanza. I'm fair warning, y'all. We was out at the bar rapping last night in the like real life worlds, right? Not on this internet I- world. <laughs> and that went... That went some so late, late, late. Like, I old, performed at one thirty a.m. Was it one thirty? One fifteen a.m. I like rock like paper that. scissored my way. No hyperbole. I played rock paper scissors to go a little bit earlier. It was it was a vibe, um, but we did it. Got home at three in the morning, and then I barely slept because my body was like, "It's eight. Get up." And I'm like, "No, bro, no." And then here we are. So we a little aloof internet. You now know why as we talk about Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Moral and the Big Steppers. That's right, keyword stuffing. Um, anyhow, Chris, we like to start this off telling the people our familiarity with um, the artist. But before that, shout out Scribble and Breakfast Cereals. We are doing this live hey. on Twitch, twitch.tv slash behind that suit, where we play hey. the music. So when you see it cut, you just weren't on Twitch. That's what happened. But we did do it because sometimes people get confused, copyright issues and all. But yeah, Chris, tell the fine folks of the world your familiarity with Kendrick's <clears throat> me, your little expectations going into the project, and your little pre-interview business. And what's up, Lindell? What up, everybody? What up, what up? Uh, Kendrick. Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick. Uh, we reviewed Dam, so... I mean, I know who Kendrick is. We did the Black Panther album too. So, um, I like what Kendrick does. I like everything about like the movement and just the messaging and his writing and, and everything. But every time I listen to a Kendrick project, I'm always just like, this shit is next level fucking smart. And I am not smart enough for like half of this shit. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna be fair with y'all. Like, just take that with a grain of salt when I'm reviewing nah, this. And project. for all of y'all that are like Kendrick Lamar super fans coming through, because let's be real, this is gonna be a very long review. And if you clicked on this, you're not a hater of Kendrick Lamar. You love the guy. Um, so. But basically, what I'm saying is, Chris reflects a large number of people. You may not believe they exist. But they really, really do exist. And as you can see, scribble in the comments, I'm not making any of this up. So, yo, Chris, it's fair feelings. Um, I mean, personally, like, I like Kendrick Lamar's albums. I find they're very, like, yeah. cinematic. They're, like, movies. But, like, I watch movies, like, once, maybe twice in my life, and I move on. And that's kind of what I found myself left with. However, there were singles and stuff that I like. Like, there are a bunch of Kendrick Lamar tracks I, I, I do like, but... Mm-hmm. I just, 
I don't know, I just don't find myself as drawn to the full collective body of work over time because it has like the same level of focus required as watching like a movie to fully appreciate it. It's like a high effort thing. So, and I'm not saying this is good or bad or anything. It's just how it feels having reviewed a few of his projects and listened to a lot of his music. And I really appreciate his artistry. Same. Same. And I like the sounds. And I do want to put it out there for the people out there. It might just not be for me, you know? I'm in Canada and shit. Like, it just Mm. might not be for me. That's okay. That's not... We're still here to talk about it. It's it's like Kendrick Lamar, biggest album. The whole world be freaking listening to to it. Just to be fair, no, like, not, like, trying to cloud or anything, but, like, Kendrick did kind of inspire me with the whole damn project where you Mm. run it backwards. Like, I... Uh, like yo, he's very artistic and everything and like, like good kid that's Mad why City is one it. of the most cool albums to me i barely listen to it because mm. it's like i'm never really i just don't do that a lot like but like the album is so well constructed and i think like to pimp a butterfly is pretty magnificent and has a lot of songs like there are songs that go back to on all these projects but like yeah i get why people love it um and I was really excited to talk about this. Like, I felt like this album would be, like, a good review because you knew Kendrick was going to just feed us a whole bunch of information to say. And it wouldn't be, like, mm. one of those ones where by, like, the end of the review, you're like, man, it's been, like, five of the same songs. So I knew we were going to get, like, a story of some kind. And I figured it would be cinematic. And I'm not going to lie. I really do want to watch the Kendrick Lamar movie albums, like, a good one, two times. I'm really interested in that. Then there's the album of the year side of it where it really depends on like because you know people already be calling this album of the year and mm. it's like it really depends on what you think about in an album of the year if you want the high art concept that gives critics an easy job of dissecting it then yeah it's album of the year probably not a lot of stuff's going to come out that'll give more people stuff to talk about that'll go as mainstream as this simultaneously if we talk about listenability as we'll get into throughout the review that's so up for debate man i have no idea what people really think about this project yet nobody knows (laughs) everyone just reacted on the first day so just keep that in mind this album came out two days ago i've listened to it like three four times before this review but like you know it's it's not like really like just telling y'all it's not like the experience you have watching this in the future it's it's just different um with that um, i was yeah go ahead well i was just gonna quickly say like um for anybody who's like seen any of the older reviews i had this whole thing where like i would like walk around and try to get like different environmental feels with some of the projects and shit and like i also tried to do that with this album as well because um i do believe that some music you have to kind of like be outside or like be in a certain environment to kind of maybe understand some of it too um so i tried like doing the whole sit down and listen to the project walk around get some air kind of see around my environment while trying to go through some of the messaging and shit you know i played it on like a metro and stuff and just like I, I I tried to do the best Bro, I can to you, really yo, get like even because we've already listened to it, y'all. So you know yeah, what? Yeah. This would be fire. No lie, in like mm. a literal like auditorium, but like an old timey mm. Rome Coliseum-y one, like one of them like fancy ass like art exhibition experiences where like you really are just there to do some i would do some drugs or like you know fucking eat some brownies or whatever fucking vibe out for two hours and dedicate like i'd have to do that to like really appreciate this project in the way it's meant to be appreciated i think which it just doesn't mm. fit into my life 
I think mm. that's that's really what it is. Anyway, that's all tangential. Uh, what do you think about the uh, title and cover? Um, the title itself, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, um, that just kind of screams Kendrick to me. That's like something that I think he would do, like just as like a name. Like it's not something super, I guess, generic or like Mr. I'm the best or whatever, whatever. It's like really taps into what we kind of get from Kendrick on this side. Um, when I first heard it, I was like, are we getting like a, like a, like a Nelly thing where he's dropping like two projects? Like, is this, that was my, when I heard the name, cause I oh, hear the name it's a on Nelly thing to you. <clears throat> well, Nelly dropped fucking the Sweat two suit, albums at the same time. I know, but it's right. just that it's so Nelly's like, your go-to as well. Well, well, cause like, so here's the thing, right? Like, like I understand double discs and I understand like that. Right. But I thought this was like, you have the project mr morale and then you have the project the big steppers which i figured out is not it's all intertwined into itself but like when i first heard the name because of course all the podcasts i listen to they talk about it um when it when the name dropped you know that's where i was like oh shit this is going to be like some really intricate creative stuff then um i saw the i was trying to build the thumbnail and i finally got to see the um the cover and i like the cover <clears throat> the cover's really dope i mean there's a lot to it um like just the apartment looking kind of beat up kind of signifies like where they come from i i don't assume he lives in there anymore like i kind of assume he's got like properties and nice places and shit <laughs> but like um that, like you know it kind of signifies where he comes from his kids family protection doing the right things growing up maturing in the world uh you know becoming a father the whole like jesus crown thing kind of has i guess some sort of symbolism there is like a lot of religious oh, it's a crown of thorns it's yeah like, it's... I, I i'm 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 i dude i'm not that guy like i know what it is but i'm just I not mean, it, it just like it signifies like to me like the weight and the the tortured soul of you know trying to be mm. righteous like all of that stuff mm. of how like heavy is the head that wears the crown is what i see when i see that symbolism right um yeah i mean i thought it was cool i think it, i think it does like if you go back and look at all of the Kendrick projects, they're all significant. They all have meaning to them. They all have some sort of depth. And I think it just kind of is very consistent and solid with what he does. Facts. Um, <clears throat> when I saw the title, I said, oh, Kendrick's talking about life today. It's going to be. A but then it's interesting because now that I heard the project, it's different. So keep in mind, this is my first thoughts, right? It felt like mm, Twitter. It's about Twitter. It's about social media mm. people, mm. right? Because everybody mm. on social media is Mr. Moral and the fucking big steppers, right? Who yeah, isn't yeah, that yeah, on yeah. social media? Social media is trash lately because everybody's an expert and everybody's opinion matters and everybody thinks what's up. There is an irony to be a guy spitting opinions on, an, on a review show, complaining about opinions. It's not lost on me, but I, it's different kinds of opinions. <laughs> it's not lost on me, though. Um, but like, we're not trying to be Mr. Morals nor Mr. Big Steppers. We just fucking doing our thing. And I do right. think a lot of people out there be trying to be Mr. Moral and Mr. Big Steppers everywhere they go. And you see that shit a lot. Like, especially if you're an independent artist and you just know artists, you just, you just know artists. You, you see the difference it, between <coughs> social media and real life. Like, 
just tangenting off of that and i'm gonna bring this back throughout the fucking project but it kind of also makes me start to think like people want to be mr morale and big steppers because they're trying to find themselves and trying to find a purpose and social media kind of gives you a false sense of purpose when you can just opinion be opinionated and kind of get your point out there and you feel like you know not to be cliche but like a justice warrior type shit like just to kind of mm. make that joke or it's like it gives you that anti-justice warrior or that too yeah or that too and it just gives you that sense of like yo like i'm fighting for a cause i'm i'm on the right side of history i'm on the right side of the fence or whatever the fuck so but i also think like when you tie that in like that title with all of its implications and you bring it in with that cover where it's like yeah but in real life we pour uh we in this kind of an environment and he literally has the crown of thorns the really nice outfit and then literally has the gun tucked into the back at mm. the same time adding that like yeah. extra like his fucking kids and shit is in the room with the lady there yeah. she looked like she breastfeeding or whatever and there's a but fucking it also, and it just emphasize like and it's subtle right like you could not notice that gun if you were like paying attention to it and it's just like a little detail but it's just i feel like it becomes this crown of thorns in a sense when you have that on his head this symbolism of him being like this jesus figure and everything else and then you think about the title and it's like well in hindsight now it feels like it's really about him and how the world perceives him and how social media versus real life and all that other shit so i think it's actually really cool and it, it just sets everything up for the as i've been calling it high art experience that we're gonna go on um that's with, literally everybody's been asked, so what do you think i'm like it's i don't want to be that guy but it's just art like it's, I, it's I like mad no... art it's super yeah. artful like when i say art i mean its goal is to be art and expressive rather than like it's that's its goal as we'll come to see as we're all united in grief all right chris <laughs> let's start how do you feel let's about start. united in grief the beginning of this album talking about it part um yo that intro that intro sam, okay sam do is really impressive and i'm gonna just repeat that every time he's on a track i really really like his i hope you find some peace of mind in this lifetime the way he says it the way it just comes off i'm like yo that that is so soothing to the ears so nice i really really enjoy it um i <sighs> Bro, there's a lot. Um, the way I kind of <laughs> took this was like a little bit introduced, like, okay, taking you out of your realm, bringing you into Kendrick's world, uh, kind of letting you know what we're going to be getting and just where we're going. The first verse I kind of feel is just like setting up questions of just generic shit. Like what's a bitch in a miniskirt, a man in his feelings with bitter nerve. What is a woman that really hurt? And you're just kind of getting these things of like, what he's been thinking of thoughts that he's had uh places he's been and just like different things like just different things that are kind of on his mind um i really i i enjoyed the claritin bar um i'm starting to feel like there's only one answer to everything i don't know where it is well popping a bottle of claritin is it my head or my arrogance i like the, the i like the claritin bar just because of like you know allergies and you use it to see clearly and i thought that was kind of clever with trying to find the answer but like oh that is clever <laughs> but the, the the other thing is is that like um i don't think you're supposed to know where the answer to everything is which is part of like 
we use substances like Claritin to find clarity within our days and within our shit. But sometimes even finding the clarity may not help mm. the overall situation. Like at the end of the day, you still got allergies is how I'm kind of taking it. Like, I know that sounds a little simple, but it's like you, you temporarily use, you know, swap Claritin for like weed as like a crutch to get through your tough times well, to find answers Claritin, I did stare at my joint that's burning here for a second. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So I thought that that was kind of cool. Um, you know, a lot of this got me kind of going, I'm gonna have to repeat this and repeat this and repeat this. Um, I like how he goes, the world that I'm in is a cul-de-sac. The world that we in is just menacing. It kind of feels like the world we in is just in a loop circle cul-de-sac you kind of never really know how to get out it's just all this like negative shit and we just consistently kind of spiral out of control with that um i like how he kind of goes i hope the psychologist the psychologist listens kind of showing you like you know you got to speak to somebody you got to go to therapy um right now like therapy and mental health is like a huge conversation so he's really playing into that which i think is really dope uh, then we get the chorus, which I thought the chorus was cool, like how it switches up with tempo and the pace and it's a little bit more faster and the beats even a little bit more upbeatier and it's got like this kind of vibe. Um, the new Mercedes with a black G-Wagon, the where you from is all of the rap and it's like kind of showing you that he comes from a certain place and now he's here. He's kind of like changing up. Things are different. Uh, and then I had to kind I like. At first, I was like, I grieve different. And I took that at like a surface level. Like, I everybody grieves different. We all do different things. We all perceive and, and handle ourselves, whatever. But I, I, I still am trying to figure out like the deeper part of it. And Yo, I don't bro, think it's I've done like, it. You got to like, okay. I mean, the way I see this track in general, <clears throat> not to cut you off, but like, no, no, go. like you got this first verse where it kind of just looks like temptations and you know, trying to figure out how to... It, it sounds like when you're, like, kind of young and poor and fantasizing about the better life and just trying to, like, figure some shit out and, you know, mm. you know... But, it, like, from a perspective of looking back, and then I think one of the main points of this track is how, like, when the beat transitions is that mean I'm calling on God for purity. I went and got me a therapist, right? So it feels like mm. these are the questions and ideas that are spinning through his mind as he's trying to like make sense of the world that he's in, in his current position and his like dissatisfaction with life or whatever. And everything is kind of off. And then he just kind of pouring his heart out as he's trying to indulge in everything. And then you see that like after the set, after like the first verse ends, it moves into this more materialistic point of view. So that chorus is like, now I'm rich. I moved out of the situation. I have all this stuff happening, mm. you know, uh, 500 and Julie chain was magic, never had it in public late reaction. So there's this like sense of while I have all these things and never really use it or like infinity mm -hmm. pools, but I never swimmed in it or things like yeah, that, where there. it's like, he's trying to get all of these things to escape, whatever he's trying to escape from. And it just feels like nothing's ever working and through all the heartbreaking different problems that happen. And then it seems like throughout the midst of this, he's using sex to cope. And that seems to be like the thing that is attracting him more than other stuff. And so when he's like, I grieve different, I think it's like just kind of pointing out that like through his perspective, everyone else seems to be almost satisfied or able to grieve in certain ways. But the way he ends up grieving throughout his life based on his experiences is just different. And it's like well, none of I these things satisfy shit and he's just grieving. And, you know, I think there's a, uh, I, I do agree with that. I think there's another aspect, which I'm going to loop it back in the next track as well. But 
um just that line right so um i bought a rolex watch i only wear it once i bought an infinity pools i never swimmed in it uh i feel like these are things that we're told to buy we're like we see mm. it in marketing we see it everywhere and i think there's an aspect of like when you are grieving whatever it is you're grieving some people uh you know go out and spend on frivolous things on expensive things to make themselves feel better materialistic things to make themselves feel better um and i kind of took this line as like so i was grieving like me as kendrick i was grieving and then i went and bought a rolex because that's kind of what i felt i was supposed to do because that's what i see other people doing or what they tell me to do or kind of mm, like how my brain facts, works because like, and then i only wore it once because i realized once i wore it i was like yo i don't really give a fuck about this and then the same thing he kind of like looped into that spiral again with i bought an infinity pool because that's what i'm supposed to do as being like rich famous whatever whatever but i don't even swim well, there's in even like the, i don't care like the peer pressure thing like dave got him a porsche so i got me a porsche and i paid lottery for it i wanted him portions you know so because like mm. poverty was the case and money wiping the tears away so it's like when you're rich, you grieve different. It's not. Um, we're not skipping over. We're not skipping over this line. I bought a two. I bought a two twenty three. Nobody, nobody peace treat. You won't dupe dupe me. I smell TNT. Doop doop. That was dope. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna I mean, say it's it. cool. I mean, that's the thing. So, like, as far as like the sound of it, right? I mean, you got like what three distinct separate beats, maybe four, as it swaps mm -hmm. and transitions throughout the track. So it creates this really like cinematic experience as it evolves with the energy and pace and stuff so it's all slower and calmer in the beginning when it feels like also we didn't even point out like on the intro it's like his actual partner whitney alford who's there almost telling them the truth like she's encouraging him to actually get help and, and like put it into the world so it has that extra layer when it's like his actual life partner person that is there on the track kind of pushing him um and then it just feels like this therapy session that he just pours his heart and soul out and his delivery is dynamic and it evolves over the beat as he does. <clears throat> Everything's just perfectly put. I mean, I don't think we need to say Kendrick Lamar raps real good and does his vocal deliveries real good. The mixing's pristine. You are going to love or hate the beats. That's the facts of the situation. You're either going to like it or not. But what I can say is this track, it, the whole album really, the more listens you listen to it, because there's so much happening your brain will compartmentalize the sounds better over time you'll just be less i guess overwhelmed and you'll really mm. start to appreciate it probably on your fourth or fifth listen it's up to you to decide if that's something you want to pursue but it's that kind of album so the more you put the effort into listening to it there is a good likelihood that you will like it more and that's but that's the kind of truth with everything it's just that you'll probably get mad rewarded in terms of little easter eggs all over this shit when you go listen to it genius is already having a field day with it i mean look this song is so well done like just the way he says i grieve different like it's such a hook in the sense that like it kind of gives you the the main thesis of this entire project right there in the intro it, like this song introduces the album so well and puts you into a proper frame of mind for what you're actually going to get on it. And I like it. It's super personal. It's super interesting. Um, I don't know how often I listen to it, but it really is an amazing song. I give it like a 4.75 on 5. I just want to say before I give my grade, right off the bat, I've been going through something in the intro. 1,855 days, which is five years. And it's those, like, it's, 
I like how he's already acknowledging he's been gone for five years in the, the Kendrick way. Like he could have just been like his been the five exact years, number of days between he, the two albums. Yes, oh, I forgot yes, about that part. That was hot. Yes, like that's that's like right off the bat, you're getting the authentic Kendrick. Like I'm about to fuck your brain up, and I'm already doing it by stating the obvious. If you can do the math, so um, me <clears throat> four point three. Mm, cool. Like, I think it's hype. I, I think it's super dope. I think it's a really good start to what you're gonna be getting. I also actually think though. As like a new listener, if you're stumbling on Kendrick with this project and this is the first song, I, I do think this is also a good intro track to kind of figuring it out. Like you don't have to go back to the other projects to be like, oh, now I understand. It's like, nah, you 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 can you'll know who Kendrick is off of this this first track of this project, too. Or at least this version of Kendrick. It's a pretty good yeah. song. Like, again, it feels like a high art piece where like 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 other kinds of paintings i would go look at them once in a while and come and admire it it's not everyday listening but it's pretty mm. fucking intense um so mm. let's move on then to n95 all right chris do you also feel that this shit hard yes um quick little story time because I, I think it actually kind of speaks on the on the song um so I lost my debit card on Friday night. Oh my god! And Saturday, no, Saturday morning, I had to go to the bank, right? <clears throat> so I'm here walking through, walking to the bank, listening, and this song comes on, and I've got like my whole like clothes style. I look good. I'm essentially like a big stepper, right? But I'm like a big stepper who has to go and figure out his debit card issue, and that made me feel ugly as fuck inside because I didn't have my shit on lockdown. And I thought it was really cool that at the same time that I'm listening to this track and I like looked at myself for a moment with what I had and then I had to look in internally. I was like, dude, this is some weird cosmic shit. And I thought that that was like really cool because that's essentially what this song's about is when you take off all of the fucking materialistic things that connecting from the last track you use and buy to grieve or to kind of mask some emotions or kind of present yourself in a certain way. What do you really, really have? Like, who are you inside? Um, I think it kind of plays that commentary on like people, but also maybe himself <clears throat> looking in the mirror, talking to himself. Like if, if, if you take off all of this, who are you, Kendrick? Who are, who are you really? And that's, that's kind of how I, I took this track. I thought it was fucking fire. Um, I like the, I like the chorus. <laughs> bitch uh uh you ugly as fuck you out of pocket and it's just it's just the the blatant disregard of like i don't care about the money you have or the shit you have or whatever i care about the person you are and the person you're trying to be and grow um the lyrics itself i didn't think there was anything really fucking profound profound besides just like everything was like pretty straightforward um yeah, yeah, dude, that's that's really what I got. I thought it was cool. I I gave this a four point five on five. Like, mm. so it, it normal. It felt really. I didn't have to dive deep. Like, it really just felt explanatory. Like, I understood what he was saying. That's fair. Um, I feel like this track is definitely one of the standout songs on the album. Like, hands down, one of the best ones. Like, when I heard this one, I'm like, hmm. Yep, this one, this one's like listenability is super fucking high. 
it just feels like a bop you want to like turn up to it uh it's got this crazy cool energy uh that i i just can't even help it like it just want, it makes you want to move the beats ridiculous his flow is really fun but then when you get into what he's saying it's like he's taking on that grandiose flexing style and then yep. basically satirizing it so first verse he's kind of <clears throat> saying what's behind all this shit you put on the internet your image take off the fufu take off the cloud chase take off the wi-fi take off the money phone the car loan the flex and the white lies so he's like addressing the way that people be renting airbnbs and cars for videos and like yo at least in my city i literally know where you can go and get the fucking studio to rent the fancy car and like you know and now i know how it all works really intimately so you're like okay you know then you take off the idols take off the runway i take off to cairo and i like how he adds himself into that a bit but yo my favorite part of this song though it's not even the bars it's the fucking ad libs take the shit mm. off the way he just fucking responds to it it's just perfect shows a complete mastery of this this song is a banger but that mm. first verse is kind of like look stop being fake on the internet and beyond what fake on your internet what is actually there what is left and in a lot of senses if i'm gonna go story time i know a lot of people that look real cool <coughs> on the internet when you be looking at like views and streams and whatever but when you get to real life you actually have to go deal with people like it's it's like a really not simple thing so a lot of people can function really well online and present this whole world but their actual lives is kind of not it so I don't know. I really like that first verse. And then the chorus, too. It's just like, who the fuck do you think you're talking about? They jack our styles and they got opinions? Get the fuck out of here. That's that. That's the mm. energy I took off of that. And I thought it was pretty proper. Because, yo, for the last several years, a lot of people criticized Kendrick because, like, he did all this moral shit over the 2010s with his music and got basically held up by white people as like a whole way of being and i really think that that ties into it is the opinions of the white internet public on kendrick lamar is something that is i think a low-key theme of this album and, and he expands on it way by the end of it and shit like when you got that bar where it's like something about black but i'm more kodak black or whatever i can't it's not another song but like so keeping that in mind right it's like you see this world's going crazy uh, everything's not going good. You know, I really like the this ain't monopoly watching for love. This ain't monogamy. Y'all getting fucked line. That shit was so hard to me because like it's not a game. Everyone wants love. But like, yo, it's not this monogamous perfect situation. The entire system is fucking you. I'm not going to go through every line in it, but it just gives me this sense of game. There's this chaos. Things aren't right. Things aren't aren't like what it seems online. Then you look into that third verse can i vent on my truth i got nothing to lose i got problems in pools i can swim on my faith and it's like i think he's kind of now in the point where it's talking about social justice the state of council culture the way people present things online who's supposed to do what so like kendrick lamar you know like being a rich person and not speaking up over the whole of the covid and everything that happened like i saw a lot of people put in like hit pieces on dude for not stepping up like he's supposed to and shit so with that in the back of my mind i'm like 
listening to this shit. He's like, murder is stacking the president, acting the government, taxing my funds in the bank, homies attracting the feds when I'm bracket. Look at my reaction, my pupils on skates. It feels like there's all this shit happening. Everything's kind of fucked up. He's questioning what people do for aesthetics, what they're going to do to get credit and move ahead in life. And then my favorite part of this track, he's like, where are the hypocrites at? What community feel they're the only ones relevant? You know, and it's like, a really interesting way to criticize pretty much every group fighting to be the group that gets all the attention at once and all this shit where people people it's almost like people care so much what they think that what other people think that you're left with this entire fake world that's there and that's where you get that last part where it's like the fuck is cancel culture <clears throat> say what you uh want about you i'm like oprah dog i treat you crackers like i'm jigga watch i own it all oh you worried about a critic that ain't protocol and I think it's like after talking and commentating a bit on how vapid he sees this online world and how pointless these opinions and fake shit really is, he flips it into nah, but what you're getting from me is I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm finally at that place. And it was like the response to everything that's happened in the last couple of years. It's super lit. The song hit super hard. This one's a real mm. five on five. Like I really will go back and bump it again type vibe. Um, anyway. Let's move on to worldwide. Oh, he also brings up the big stepper concept on this track. Like he brings up the character. Like he's kind of introducing the big stepper as like I feel like one of the the fake social media image go getter type. Um. Anyway, let's move on to worldwide steppers. Ah, this sounds a vibe. What do you think about it? Um, I had some trouble understanding a lot of what he's i guess referencing um the only thing in the chorus that i understand is i think this is like a comment on how people are on social media and how we have opinions on everything but we are still going to like post and use social media how i think um the first verse felt like he was kind of explaining his last like couple of years what he's been up to how he's being a father and still dealing with like trauma and, and, and like just anxiety and shit, like uh, playing baby shark with my daughter, watching for sharks outside at the same time, life as a protective father, I'd kill for her. Um, my son Enoch is the part two, like the next, the next one up and all that stuff. So I, I kind of feel like the first verse is really showing you like, this is what I've been doing and, and you may not see this and you guys have your opinions. Um, but then he like completely loses me when he feels bad for fucking a white girl. And then I just, I'm like, bro, I can't relate. Like, I don't feel bad when I fuck a white girl. So I don't really understand. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like that, yo, sorry. Like, fuck. So this song um, lost you, buddy. That's what I'm hearing. The whole song lost me after that. Like the like the in the first verse when he was like like the first time I fucked a white bitch and I was like, what? Okay. And then the okay, rest okay, just I think you sense. okay. So first line, I am not for the faint of heart. Right. You be you're the faint of heart here, Chris. That's what I'm clearly hearing. <laughs> clearly. Um, my genetic bill could multi universe is the man of God, right? So I feel like. He's trying to transcend or whatever, and he's like gone through some shit and evolved. He's he's um and that whole like baby shark thing. I think it's just almost putting yourself in the perspective of like this is just some regular parent shit is actually what right. I like I, I took from it. Um, right. 
No, I think the white girls like actually white girls, Linda. Um, but like, or it might be also social commentary. But like, um, I kind of look at it like he's describing like I'm a father, and it's really basic fathery shit. You know, I'm I would yeah. protect my children. I'm trying to build like a, a a future that's better than them, and then like playing baby shark with my daughter. Like, come on, that's like the most regular like, and I think that's the point right of this because as we'll get into it he's trying to contextualize how regular some of this shit can be um right and then his vices come into play right because as much as he's doing that simultaneously he's trying to fuck the next chicks as he's pointing mm. out of that um and then he had writer's block so he's also explaining why maybe it took so long for him to respond which in the last track as we kind because they like flow together right like the first song is like i need therapy let me start this shit and the second track is kind of like a commentary on the internet and shit and now that he's got his feelings out of that out the way it's like he's moving into a little bit where he's at with some of his his struggles right so he's trying to like find his voice again and this is kind of what it is this is where he's coming to he's gonna go through this voice of self-realization with you on this project um and i guess he's just kind of appreciative of it and then as he's having this awareness everything's kind of shocked like the first time he fucked a white bitch which i guess then sends him down this this tangent where it's like i mean he smashed this girl and it had an effect on him right because there is probably this racist sentiment built into it right it isn't just a simple shit it is almost like there's this hate fuck side to it all that he's trying to think like because think about it he's describing he fucks some rich white girl sheriff's daughter person and it felt right. like just <clears throat> fucking her was like sticking it to the fucking man like there's a whole well, there's also element to what this... he's describing with it right 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 um the the line where did i come from i don't think like i used to no i don't blink like i used to awkward stars that everybody see the flesh of man i feel like here just with understanding uh, whatever um i feel like he's becoming at someone else like he's acknowledging that he's a different person while he's doing the white girl well i also feel yeah. like all of the experiences he's had has made him mm. a different person and he's almost like traumatized right. in a sense going through his therapy sessions of dealing with his ptsd and this is part of it part of it is that he had this going on in his life and that while fucking these white girls on tour and shit he was feeling these emotions of racism because it felt like you know i might be racist ancestors watching me fuck like this retaliation and i'm like that's a wild line and it's just a <laughs> wild thing to like put into the world because there probably is a whole lot of people who feel that way I mean, you might not, you might not relate to it, but this is his struggle that he's putting mm -hmm. it up there. And then the chorus right. kicks back in. I'm a killer. He's a killer. She's a killer bitch. And then it's like back to whatever I do, everybody's doing some shit. We some killers, walking zombies, trying to scratch that itch. And everybody's kind mm. of faking their shit and posing for their pictures and whatnot. Then that last verse fucks me up a lot because it kind of goes into this social commentary on how at the end of the day, pretty much everybody's a killer. And if he kind of exemplifies the point to himself, like using his uh, Christmas drive where he gave out turkeys or whatever, right? So because the high blood pressure flood in the catering, in a sense, because he gave out unhealthy food to his community as a show of charity and etc., he in himself is copping bodies. And he's pointing out that everybody out there that's in the industry, that everyone's trying to make money, everybody that's trying to do their own thing. Like, yo, sometimes if you really think about what companies do for work for the betterment of their people, it is going to be a hurt over there. And if you really think about about how your life might be noble and your company may that you work for may per, like imagine working for nestle 
Like, right. every part of the people who work for Nestle is contributing to what Nestle does. He's a killer. <clears throat> right. Because Nestle right. be fucking evil like that. I might consume their products. I'm a killer. I do consume Nestle chocolates and shit. So I'm a fucking killer because I've literally put money into this company that I know fucks up the planet so heavy. Um, and so I think that's like what it's like. The noble person that goes to work and pray like they're supposed to slaughter people too. Your murder is just a bit slower. And like, yo, when we, we like feed people bad food at birthday parties and literally like just perpetuate all of the bad, destructive plastic consume, you know, like how are we all not killers in a sense? Cause yo, when shit hit the fan, it's not going to be over here that gets hit first. <laughs> it's going to be other places. I think like. It's crazy to think like when you talk about killer and you look at the different levels of it, how like deep it goes, which I think is actually pretty cool the way that Kendrick can do that. Again, this whole thing got lost on. I know. Like I, I'm not I'm not like a lot of there's going to be a lot of songs here that I'm kind of like, uh, what? But I do acknowledge once like broken down and I can kind of like grasp an understanding of it. I, I can acknowledge how like beautifully written it is and like how this one's a, just and that beat has this anxiety to it yeah. like the jing, jing, jing kind of feel to it and like yeah. the progression of the like song i like how it switches for verse three like the beat completely changes for verse three when he makes that commentary on like society and shit i like how he he, he like brings you to a different place because the verse is different that's also kind of cool too to me no, nah, the whole song's really well constructed, and I feel like it moves the narrative along, kind of giving you more layers of the complex series of thoughts he's dealing with. Um, overall, I think it's cool. Like, it's an interesting song. But this is what I mean on that high art shit. Like, I don't know when I want to listen to this, but when I would listen to this, it would be, like, an interesting fucking experience. Also, the way people made it sound like Baby Shark made an appearance on the album in the media was the corniest shit I ever saw. Corny, clickbait, tabloidy ass fucking Twitter shit. Anyway, let's move on to. Do well, we give grades? Our, no, my grade is a four. I gave. I'll, it a four. I'll give this a four point five. I almost forgot about that part. Four point five. It's really well made. Uh, let's move on to Die Hard. All right, Chris, tell them all about your feels and your emotions and everything oh, that poured out of you. Oh, this is such a nice song. I like it. The beat's a little bit smoother. It's poppier. It's got this, like, little lovey-dovey feel. I really enjoyed it. It was really cool. Um, so we got the intro. Kendrick starts off going, I pop the pain away. I slide the pain away. I pop the pain away. I slide the pain away. Now... I'm thinking when he says I pop the pain away, he's clearly like on medication or something to deal with whatever he's got, anxieties, another issue, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but when he said I slide the pain away, I'm, I, I think that, that's like when you slide on the ops type shit. Like you, you're out there killing and, and doing what you got to do because you got pain and hurt people, hurt people and all this shit. So I feel like he's expressing his traumas and like his demons and what he deals with. But it's also kind of like, representing some people who may also go through this as well um and then i picked you up when you fell and cut your knees i told you not to cry and help and held you close to me kind of having that like female reinforcement making you feel like everything's gonna be fine and when things are going bad she's there to like protect you and stuff and make you feel whole again and it was really really sweet it was really really nice intro uh blast yo yo i didn't even yo. know blast was and then I was like, yo, Blast is awesome. And then my roommate's like, 
you don't know Blast? I'm like, wait, you know Blast? And then he pulls out some song from the archive that he knows on some underground shit, and that shit was fire. So Blast is fire. Like, I heard, like, a Blast song. It's a Chromtopian opinion. Uh, yeah, approval. Chromtopian stamp of approval. Um, bro, this is, this is just the best shit ever. I hope it's not too late to set my demon straight. I know I made you wait, but how much can you take? I hope you see the God of me. I hope you can see it. And if it's up, stay down for me. Yeah. And I like how he's like, I'm, I'm interpreting it as dude talking to the woman and like apologizing for being the way he was throughout the relationship, throughout the years. And just kind of also dealing with like questioning, like, like, are you sure you can still take this? Are you sure you're still able to stay with me? Um, I hope that when I become the God that I'm supposed to be the almighty person that you are like, you still can see that. And you know that I'm trying to have good intentions, even though I'm out here, you know, popping the pain away, sliding the pain away, doing things. And, and just that kind of like vulnerability a little bit was really, really cool. The way he sung that was so nice to me. I was like, yo, this is so fire. Oh my God. Okay. And then Amanda reefer, yo, like shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop, Serafina flame and ice. And it's just like, she she like to me is like that girl who completely understands what's going on but understands that like i have to i have to be that person who can take you out of your toxicity out of your chaos out of all that that and that negativity and just like shimmy shimmy coco pop it's like that that high energy that high like positivity is like She's making that effort to try to get you into like a positive light to be that person you need. And the way that she's like, uh, rest your rings and west, bleh, bleh, bleh. rest your wings and trust. I feel you deep. I know you feel deep and just wanting to be connected and, 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 and feeling just that, that deep raw love and emotion was super crazy. I, I really thought that that's what she was like portraying in that. And I thought it was really, really cool. Even late throughout the song it was dope. Um, and then Kendrick comes in. And like, I really like how he's like still dealing with like trust issues. And even after all this time, he's still like kind of showing you like, I'm, I'm fucked up and I've got so much problems that I still have trust issues after you've been down with me forever. Do you love me? Do you trust me? Can I trust you? Don't judge me. I die hard. It gets ugly, too passionate. It gets ugly. And I relate a lot with like the, uh, I'm a die hard. It gets ugly, too passionate. It gets ugly. Cause like when you're dealing with like hardcore, passionate love and shit, it makes you kind of do things that in your brain is like normal and like you can like justify it however you see fit to protect the other person to want to like you know in, in, uh, inspire grow and and progress and all that fucking positive shit but like we all like the acknowledgement of being like it can get ugly like you know how like sometimes you're trying to show each other's point of views and it kind of gets into like a little bit of debate and then that turns into like an argument but realistically you're not really mad at each other you're just trying to share your different experiences with one another but y'all just kind of don't really know how to agree on it yet like i like how he's self-aware of that like it can get ugly but please just kind of stay with me like i wonder where i lost my way i know that one moment we were good and then i fucked up and like dude this is just so vulnerable so honest and i and i just i love this so much I love it so much and it just flows through and then he just finishes the verse and then blast comes back in and it's like seamlessly and it's it's just it was great um yeah i i just think everything and then even in verse two i got some regrets but my but my past won't keep me from my best which he's like yo i have to leave the past where it is and i gotta keep being better and even though he acknowledges there's regrets it's like 
you know, I've heard people be like, you can't have any regrets. And I feel like Kendrick's like, nah, I have regrets and I'm holding on to those because it's going to make me the better man that I want to be. If I let these go and I, and I just kind of shake it off in a sense, it's not going to like actually propel me to be greater than what I am for the woman I'm with or for, you know, in a sense, his family, his kids and everything. So I, mean, I want to see the family yeah. stronger. I want I to see the money longer. Like- he doesn't hold on to his regrets like I, it definitely felt like the opposite mm. like he says i got some regrets but my past won't keep me from my best as in those regrets aren't gonna hold me back like it's just otherwise yes fair. but that semantically didn't line up no f- fair fair enough maybe i, I didn't very properly anyway uh no i thought this was great this is this is a four point like seven four point seven on five for me this is this is really great i i really enjoyed this I mean, I was like, yeah, it's all right. It's slower. It's like singier and the vibe comes in. It's nice. It's a nice song. It was less my cup of tea in terms of the sound of it. But, like, it is super pop. And, like, if this came on at a party, it could blend kind of nice. Like, I could see this maybe being a single at some point. Um, it, like, Blast and Amanda do their thing. And it's nice. I feel like, I feel like this song is, like, simultaneously with individuals in his life but also communicating with the world at large like there's just stuff like i know i made you wait but how much can you take like this is maybe just talking to the fans or the people out there like that he made wait but he's also questioning can you Mm. handle my truth or what i really feel in life because that's kind of what he's giving us on this album it's not so much the um the martyr figure that is Kendrick, the guy that came from the last couple of albums that was trying to maybe be Mr. Moral and the Big Stepper, now it's more like this vulnerable person and he wants to come through and show you who he actually is, but can you handle it? So when I was listening to it, it felt more like on the parasocial relationship uh, front and all of this to me kind of felt like, yeah, it's about like maybe a person individually, but it feels like he's talking to the fans a lot and almost being like, I kind of don't want you to judge me like that. I just kind of want your love and shit. Um, And there's this fear of putting yourself out there because the world we live in has that. Like, yo, it's mad, like, complicated to be yourself. Like, the whole world wildly preaches this false narrative of originality and then ostracizes you the second you try to step out and do anything kind of different. So, like, when he says shit, like, can I open up? Is it safe or not? I'm afraid a little you relate or not. I related heavy to that, <laughs> you know, like those kind of whole concept of, I don't know, sometimes, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of times in my life where like people might talk to me on the internet or whatever and then they come into my crib right in this very room and like, like I just don't behave in a way that they were expecting or something and when they see who I really am, it's like they just don't fuck with me or something and they like get disappointed and shit and so it's like, Yo, should I ever open up or should it be that fake fuck you want me to be all the time, you know? Like so Well I just kinda... even with like even with that, it kinda also seems like the idea that people have like your your presence on social media, you know, the way you are, the way you act, the way you communicate, there is no like emotions or anything. It's just words. No, there's and tons of emotions. The way... There's everything it's just so fucking not multifaceted. It's not everything. Mm people be different in real life like y'all seeing me on camera i'm very fucking aware i'm being recorded right now like it's not Mm -hmm. lost on me this is not the same as when i'm 
not being recorded i mean it's super similar but it's not the same um so i don't know i just feel like again this is another song almost exploring the the fear and anxiety of opening up in a more therapeutic kind of sense making it more personal about what's actually going on inside his head and just how at the end of the day he, he just also wants to just see his family and be stronger and his money grow longer and just have like a meaningful life and shit and however he wants to be you know like he just doesn't want to get judged and shit and it's mm. pretty simple in that regard um but you're right the way it sounds is really deep and emotional and whatnot but i mean <clears throat> like it's just personally i would not really listen to this song again while admiring that it is a well-made song so i'll give it like a 4.25 and we can move on to father time all right chris how do you feel about father time um I was I was just saying like on a on a fourth fifth listen this shit hits different. Um, when I first came across this track, I I kind of was I kind of fell into the like Kendrick's commenting on people who have daddy issues or at least with within expressing himself and like kind of ex- letting you know like these are the reasons he is the way he is and he's on un- he understands that he has to kind of cope with the daddy issues through it but like just listening to it now it it felt like i don't know if his father was around or not around but it, it kind of seems like it could be both um well, I, mean, I like the how- first verse he's kind of describing how the way his dad taught him how to cope was more in that be a man right i i I was just going into that um i was just i was just kind of looking for the looking for the for the lyrics but um it's it's i think it's in the second verse where his dad's like you know focus on your money only trust your mom only trust i and like always kind of neglecting the emotions and shit and for a second i felt like a lot of us go a lot of dudes go through that and I, I think it's supposed to also comment on like fathers are just trying to do the best they can for their sons but not realizing that like what they're doing could also lead to some traumatic situations within the person's psychology psych- psychologically like um i as well have like my dad used to kind of told me to hide my emotions and not really care about like my social life and really just focus on money and and getting my grades up and shit which me personally really fucked with me because my my whole entire being is like a social butterfly like i need to talk to people and and at times i do enjoy drama and shit so like it it it, it really fucked with me um because now i'm at a point in my life where everything he's ever taught me and like to focus on is kind of what i'm doing now so it's like it i kind of see like a change in where it's it's like they just want to do right but they don't know how to and then we're left with daddy issues because we're not told how to manage our emotions we're just told to hide them and we're not like like just only focus on things that will get us further and not really like care about anything else i don't know man it just kind of got me in my feels but this is a really good song um i yeah i just kind of fucked myself i I went into like my own head listening to it right now and i'm just kind of stuck um i gave this a 4.2 it's it's a really good song just i I don't know if i'd like go back to it multiple times type shit 
I, mean, I think most people aren't going back to this as many. Well, here's the thing. This shit's going to get listened to by so many people. It's going to do crazy numbers, and people are going to go back to it a whole lot. I just think a whole lot of people are going to go back to it infrequently enough for it to just do crazy numbers forever because there mm. is a lot to talk about on the project. And some people really, really do dig the high art philosophy. I listen to music to go down like philosophical tunnels, regardless to what people may think. A lot of people have attention spans. Um, mm. As far as this song goes, again, it starts off with Whitney being like, yo, you really need therapy. And his response is, nah. I don't need no therapy. It's not how it be. Men don't go need no therapy. And yo, like, my dad didn't really grow up with a father. So he grew up on some fucking, you know, be a man shit. Fucking go get money shit. And, like, let's be real. Like, most dudes were taught to be emotionally repressed uh, poser alpha males. Like, really weak sauce looking cocky dudes. And, like, I mean, now I'm saying it with the lens of 2022 because that shit just looked weak as fuck to me. But, like, back then it was how you were a man and, like, not many people were taught to deal with emotions. And so many dudes be dealing with mental health issues. On top of that, everything's just repressed. Everything's just, like, kind of keeping inside yourself. And then he's just kind of going through the exploration of how his father's pushing him to be competitive and pushing him to not give in to weakness had the impact that it had that created the daddy issues that he faces with that in a sense explains the behaviors and trust issues and various things he's already talked about on the project and it feels like now we're starting to get into the crux of like what we need to deal with to like solve it and one of the things is to acknowledge these daddy issues and you know, just how emotions aren't there. But at the end of the day, he's kind of grateful. You know, he wasn't taught to fight, I guess. I wasn't really 100% sure with that. I love my father for telling me to take off the gloves because, you know, like that part, I was like, I guess at the end of the day, the lessons his father did hit give him were impactful enough that there is a benefit to it all. Cause then I he think goes, it ties into, like, the first verse where uh, he goes, Mama said, because he goes, um... Um, uh, I'm teary-eyed, want to throw hands. I won't think out loud. A foolish pride mm -hmm. if I lose again, won't right, go in the house. That made him take lessons, right? You're right. I see what right? you're saying. I stayed outside laughing with my friends, daddy issues, right, learn right, loss, right, whatever. Right. But then okay, mama right, said right, the boy right, exhausted. Right. Everybody else can look it up. Um, anyway, uh, but like, yeah, I just kind of explore shit. Like, I also really like when he acknowledges how he was confused over Kanye and Drake reconciling because his emotional state didn't fully allow for him to like get over that kind of betrayal and, and mm -hmm. not be mature enough for it based on everything he was taught. But ultimately it's like, yo, at the end of the day, our daddy issues aren't really an excuse. We got to give women a break and be a little bit better than we've been and just kind of acknowledge it. But yeah, I was going to say like the next part for, t cause everything he didn't want, everything I was. And then just to, to like tie into the next line, it's like his dad's lessons did impact him, but then shout out to the people who had to do it without a father because like, you know, let's hope that they don't pass down the same kind of shit and we can all be like better. I think it's like a really important song. It's like one of those songs where it's like, yo, nobody ever talks about this shit. This is some real shit. And because of that, you don't want to listen to it because it's some real shit. It's like, mm, this hits real close to home. Men with stunted emotions and, and whatnot. But like sonically, it's really cool. 
Uh, one of the things to point out, as you might expect on a Kendrick project, is nothing sounds the same as Delivery's versatility grows with it. And in this one, it just feels like this sense of intensity as you go through it, like where he's trying to be more serious with it. And I feel like it's conveyed through the beat, through everything. And I don't know, it's a hard listen. And I feel like that's a lot of this project is hard listens, but they're like got like a reward to it. I give this a 4.5. It's a really well-made song. Um, yeah. Let's move on to the rich interlude. How'd you feel about this one, Chris? Um, this was really cool. Um, I like how Kodak... I never really... You never listen to Kodak Black, right? Because nobody... Like, that is the most incredible feature. I mean, here's the half thing. We were the people, supposed to review that one album, so I listened to that album, whatever the fuck that was. I'm saying is like, it. everybody... That hates on Kodak Black is probably going, what the fuck right now? How could Kendrick put Kodak Black on this? What? And he's on three no. songs because he's on the intro of that next track. Plus, he's got that whole... He's on three songs on this Kendrick shit. But, like, so... Okay. Shut up, Kendrick when, That's dope. When um, Kodak goes... Um, Fuck, where is it? All the game came all the game came from the elders like hand-me-downs. Me and my brothers wearing hand-me-downs. Now I'm giving back to the old heads and the respect come first. Yeah, you know, can't be better than OGs. You gotta get it somewhere. And I think that to me kind of speaks why Kodak is on this on this project because um Kodak is inevitably one of like the greatest rappers to the young kids. Like he's like so infamous in the culture and everybody fucking loves him and he's just banging out tracks and all this shit. Um, but in the sense of like teaching game, it's kind of showing like Kendrick, who's like essentially would be a little bit of an old head compared to Kodak in, in that regard. Yeah. Um, he's born in he's 87. Like, right. Kendrick's like would be the old head and Kodak is here kind of showing him what the new kids are kind of up to what their life is like, but also kind of paralleling the same shit that Kendrick has been kind of explaining us about where his background's from and what type of atmosphere he's in. But there is this understanding that like Kodak's making money on some other things that Kendrick may not know in terms of like being the old head. So like having these two on the track, I think it's actually kind of really cool. I like how the piano speeds up. That was dope. Um, I, I, I just... I don't know. It really just gives me the sense like y'all were really poor and had to just keep surviving and you did what you had to do. And just the way Kodak flowed on this and the way his voice changes with certain lines, like, what are you doing with Kendrick? What are you doing with a legend? Like people not really acknowledging that Kodak's a legend, but at the same time, like questioning the people he's working with, his voice changes in this concern. Like what, I haven't I proved to you that I've done this? Like maybe not just as Kodak. Cause there's that other line where he's like, who would have thought that I would ever been Kodak. It's like, he's like, how can you not believe in me that I've done this shit? I don't know. I, I, I thought it was really cool. Um, I gave it a four on five. Yeah. This is one of the better parts of the project. Um, Shout out Travis Bryant who sent me this message. He's like, I can't believe I'm going to fucking check out a Kendrick Lamar album because of Kodak Black. But yeah, like this feature was so surprising unless I guess you really tapped into the culture. If you tapped into the culture, you would know that Kodak Black is really like out there making some waves. And for everybody that like 
doesn't like his accent or accuse him of mumbling. He's Haitian descent and he's from the South. Like he's from Florida and shit. Like I think, so it's like, yep. yeah, your Northern white ass might have some trouble with that accent. I don't know. Sometimes when Australians be talking, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck they saying. They still speaking English. They're not mumbling. They just speaking in their localized diction and shit. And motherfuckers in the mm. North, especially are hella, hella discriminatory against accents that like, well, just accents. That's it. Like, they don't like accents, you know? But, like, when you listen to him, he's fucking clear. You can understand everything he's saying. And <clears throat> he just has a very distinct accent in the way he does it. And the way he talks is so, like, stream of consciousness. Like, right away, I learned in trapping in the business part, people making horrible decisions, you know? And it's, like, an interesting thought. Like, if you're watching and you're observant, it's almost like everybody fucks up or you can learn from all of the 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 mistakes other people make and then immediately the next thing he says rich getting my dick sucked after the show i ain't gonna lie we were poor so it's like yo i'm in a place where i watch people fuck up but i'm also good and it's it's like this weird oxymoronic feeling throughout it as he just kind of reflects on his past and in a sense it's very similar to the tone of what kendrick's been doing on this project only it feels like a Kodak Black mini version of it. And I think it's meant to almost convey that some of these things are more universal. And for the people that are judging, maybe you just don't understand. When you see a Kodak Black talking his shit across his interviews and you judge him on a moral point. Because that's what a lot of people do. They judge Kodak Black on a moral and ethical perspective as if they fucking understand his life. And I don't. I've heard some of the interviews where people like get mad at him for some of his comments about his lady artist and shit. But like, again, I don't know anything about his life. I've listened to his music and it sounds like he has some energy. I never really got that deep into Kodak Black stuff, but it's undeniable his impact. Like, it's not like that surprising to me that he's on the project, but it's kind of like amazing because it sounds so good and the way that piano bit underneath him just cascades and it's like you just don't picture kodak black on a piano loop like that that just feels like this high art piece monologue thing where you almost want to see it in a museum with a grand piano mm -hmm. and kodak black in a tuxedo but like some off-kilter tuxedo and like everything about the room's trippy and it's like super visual in my mind this experience this is a five on five it's one of the best parts of the album like i think it's truly incredible um I don't know what else to say about it though. So let's move on to Rich Spirit. I honestly, I don't often geek on the beats a lot. You may have noticed I'm mostly just talking mm. about lyrics and shit. But holy mm. fuck, this beat like stole the show for me. Like this one, like here's the thing. I did. It took like fucking four or five listens again, right? But then all of a sudden, you're just like sucked into the groove of the middle of this beautiful beat and the snappings and shit kick in and i'm like this just sounds beautiful all right chris how do you feel about this song i i mean i feel the same way in terms of sonically uh i like i kept getting distracted from the lyrics in turn because the beat was really good i really like the way he does the chorus uh rich buddy broke phone trying to keep the balance and staying strong and just the way it's like super melodic and, and 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 his voice is a little bit lower and he kind of like infuses with the beat it was just so dope and like we were saying off cam like 
the you just want to snap your fingers and just kind of keep going with it and it's got this like little bop to it but i don't I'm like scratching to understand what the song's about. Like I without without being like, oh, he's trying to have a rich spirit and like keeping balance oh, within himself. Like, okay, so like, check like, it. I don't, like, like yeah. taking my baby to school, then I pray for her. Cause you bitches right. have never been cool. Right in testament. Paint pictures, put me in the Louvre, that's a definite. Universal shift him in a groove. So I'm taking from this, right? It's like he's gotta drop his kids off at school. Then he has right. to pray for him because now he's got to be with the fake people, the real people and shit. And he'd be living life at a higher pedigree. Like, he'd be a living, walking art piece that this, like, shit. Like, celebrity do not mean integrity, right? So you take that and it's like, look at these people that are celebrities. I don't want my world around you like that. We are not the same type shit. I'm a good mm. man. Shake your hand. Firm grip rule. Like, I live by this type of shit. Um, and then he gets to, like, you know, his price is high, too. Like, you know, it has to flex that shit in. More than two ends for a show, but add another two. So it's like, I'm not just rich. I'm valuable because of all of these things bundled together, I feel like. And then he kind of goes into this chorus where it's like, rich, broke, phone, trying to keep the balance and staying strong. So it's like, if you think about everything else that we've heard on the project and him trying to, like, right stay humble and deal with the public relations side of everything put together there is also this side of i am that valuable and then when people criticize him it's like stop playing with me before i turn you to a song like what a flex like if, imagine kendrick lamar gets mad at you and makes a song about you and then puts it on the internet you're kendrick lamar made a song about you like, like i as, mean as a bar per bar i kind of like like bar per bar, right? That I understand. Like, stop playing with me before I turn. Like that. That and line, then, I understand. But it's more like I just like. And then it's like I'm attractive. I can't fuck with you no more. I'm fasting. Like that's a cool line because I'm not like you. Oh, know, it's because he's like leveled up I'm and not he's not with you no more. But it's like I feel like mm. it's this acknowledgement of where he's at in the game and like yo know, people need to almost a little bit have some respect for how they deal with him. And I feel like it's a bit of a conflict in his soul, like with how other people portray themselves and behave and how the world operates and then the degree of ethical things he's trying to put himself on. And then in the second thing, it's like the morality can wait. Feedback on low latency. I'm glitching from the face as my thoughts grow sacredly. I'm running out of space. Uh, and it feels like he's just trying so hard to deal with living this high moral life and navigate all these things and you know he compares himself and alludes to these various religious leaders people may like um not living up to their money to the different integrity of who they are everything feels kind of fake online and shit and you know that's that's the the sense of it it's like he's cool even to the point where i like my cousin tried to sue me like he got the privilege you know, like, it's like everybody kind of mm. not legitimate in his world in that regard. Like, and I feel like that's something a lot of people deal with. So it's not, like, surprising that Kendrick would also deal with it. Um, but, like, I just think it's Kendrick's Kendrick's track exploring how his greatness creates this conflict with other people. Because he really is that guy and other people can't handle it. And so... He's trying, like, his phone's broken, right? Like, it's like something's mm. off with it. Like, maybe people are sending him bad messages or it seems like the notifications is always kind of pissing him off or, you know, it's like because he's rich, because he's successful. So I think it's, like, an interesting track. And then just like everyone else, I'm fucking off on the dumb shit. Uh, I think it's, like, a five because regardless of the content of this song, 
I think I just really like listening to it. Like it really. That's sounds really good. where I got stuck too. I was like, I, I, I don't really care for the lyrics. It just overall is a nice bop. Like super nice. I can appreciate the lyrics. I appreciate them, and I and 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 I, like, um, I like how he again. I really just appreciate his writing and the way he flows and the different pockets he picks. But it's just like as as a song itself, this is like I'm really just listening to this to catch the vibe. I forgot there was a not third to verse. Really I love the way he the, says brother. It sounds so like Christian, yes. uh, Bible belty, you know. Like, I didn't really get this. I thought it was like I kind of felt like him. I and think a it's frat just like fake camaraderie and shit, thing. right? So gotta watch mm. your homies and police clout chasing hell of a disease and fasting four days of the week. But that brother, and you know, like if you think about it, I think it's just making fun of how everybody's your homie now everybody's giving everybody daps. Like, yo, you walk into the bar last night. How's everybody your friend? You know, like, I mean, we're not, mm. not, we're like, we're not that we're not cool. I have no problems with anybody, but like, mm. I don't know. It's like everybody's so fake connected and everything's so fake this and fake that. But the way he said brother in such an emphasis in that way, like, it yeah. really just made me feel like this is some like really corny fake shit to him. And everybody's just trying to pretend to be homies for shit. Like, we know. Man, the number of people that act like they're friends and all they really do is have commodified relationships of commercial transactions, but they're home, you know, and then you stop working together, you're not friends no more. Um, I don't know. I really like this song. Like I said, I just forgot it was a third verse when I gave my grade. Uh, we're tired. We was lawn nights. Very sleep deprived. Appreciate it. Uh, do you have more to say on this one, Chris? Uh, no, I gave this a 4.2 on five. I th- thought I, I really do enjoy it. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to say this now and I'm going to repeat it a little bit later for the other half of the interview, but like a lot of these, I, I have to go back to and like really sit with them. I, I don't think that even on like four listens with the time that I have, I'm going to be able to understand a lot of what like, the nuances and the fucking references and shit. But so just reminding y'all viewers watching this and the, the, the kendrick fans yeah, but throw all your long like, long comments your essays down below because yo if you put like a thousand words into that comments i will read all thousand of your words um please educate us meanwhile here's the one that y'all are geeking over on upon a first listen i mean my facebook went like no. this was the one everybody no. said was the best we cried together oh my god well that song was pretty intense I- makes it makes you feel very quiet like you're not like all the jokes are no longer inside of your joking soul i don't need i don't need six minutes of this um that's like why i I said it the i said it the first time i heard it okay yeah yeah no like what right after i heard the whole thing i was like i i don't want six minutes of just you guys arguing at each other um it really fucked my brain up uh it really really fucked my brain up um like just everything everything the way they're like teasing each other the way they like their ad libs are commenting on what they're saying and they're like antagonizing each other um just like the the spiteful insults just to hurt one another with no actual fact behind it just everything this is literally just a whole relationship fight this that but then just listening to it now i'm kind of like when he mentions the whole part about like is this what relationships do is shouldn't i've been cuffing you i think this is like they're not actually together they're just kind of like dealing with each other type shit um 
look, I like I get the artistic and the messaging behind this, and that like for fuck, man, I don't know, dude. This thing really fucked me. So up. what I'm understanding like, is this hit song okay, hit Chris so close to home, he couldn't handle listening to it proper. Thus making it like, one hell of an effective song in the goal it's it set out to be song don't don't get me wrong like, like it's really it's like sabrina movie. from fucking yellow wolf level of fucking impactful uh, in that regard you know yes like it's fuck man like um i i have nothing to touch upon like the the harvey weinstein or the r kelly bar that's that's i was like i ain't touching that um, but so why'd you say just, it? Why, why did you bring attention to it? Because I do want, I want you to actually touch upon why it. Because I, I want to know why it was there. I just don't know anything about the situation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, fuck. Um, I just, because the way I took it also was like, instead of working on yourselves and getting help for yourselves to try to learn how to communicate properly, this is the shit that you have to deal with. And then you just hurt each other based off of whatever and then just, just you just end up fucking at the end because why the fuck not? And like as much as I get it and the realism is absolutely there, I'm just like <coughs> nah, like I'm not listening to six minutes of just you guys yelling at each other and arguing. Like I don't even want that in my life I mean, for my own. I say life. that, like, but like oh, I used to listen oh. to Kim by Eminem all the time and I couldn't. I used to like, listen to that just, shit all the time back in the day so like you chris chrome yeah i don't want six minutes of this shit understood but like arguably it's a super interesting song right because it is it is it like it like kind of starts off yes we cry together facts good comment um but like it starts off with the Florence and the machine a little bit and it's all soft and nice and we hold on and then it's just like it breaks into this fight situation when the beat flips right because right before that this is what the world sounds like you know um what's really interesting is like I think all of us have had that neighbor where you hear this you hear this fight happen like Chris do you remember when we used to hear that it sounded like some dude was beating a chick when we were doing reviews. Like there's one review where like you hear it and we all just like stop and somebody commented on it like in the last six months and like heard it. Right. But like you hear this shit sometimes, you know, one time I'm walking past my, I go to my dad's crib and like I'm in the hallway and I just heard it was like five minutes and everything this dude was saying to this chick. I couldn't tell if there was a girl there, if he was on the phone, but it sounded like he was about to beat the shit out of her and stuff. So like whether it's like Kendrick's personal experiences or stuff he's born witness to, I think it's just really real. So it's what the world sounds like. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've been there, done that, (laughs) all of that. I mean, maybe different verbiage, but uh, I like how it just starts so gradual, right? Like, I swear, I'm tired of these emotional ass, ungrateful ass bitches. And she's like, oh, shut the fuck up. And it'll just be like, you know, that's how it starts. Like, you just have some fucking petty bullshit. You spit some crap. Unstable ass confrontational ass dumb bitches want to bring a person down. We mean, when I'm trying to do right, we could go, you know, it's like whiny mm. shit. And then she's like, fuck you. you. Love a pity party. I won't show up. And yo, her delivery 
Taylor Page stole the motherfucking show. Yeah. Holy crap. Well, she flipped that psycho that Bro. psychology line and her like voice fucking cracked. Oh my that gosh. Crazy. When she's like, I should have found a bigger dick. <laughs> I'm like, and he, oh my gosh. Like everything about no, this shit. When the clapping starts, your I mean. ego gets hit. <laughs> it's like everything about this track was like really powerful to me. It's like they accuse each other of cheating. Of like, well, he cheats on her, and then she's like, "Oh, fuck your cousin," and like, you know, are like all that like touching on this dick size, like fucking going down the conventional insults that everybody would be doing. But then in that third verse, that whole part, I really think it makes it interesting, is because it touches on a lot of the social issues that women bring up. In terms of being overlooked, underpaid, underbooked, under shame. If you look, I don't speak. Then I'm called on my name. Yo, there's like um a study they did that showed that like women be wildly silenced in meetings at work and shit. And like if women speak 33% of the time, men feel like they dominated the conversation and shit. And like I think it's just an interesting way where it's like his egocentric fucking like fuck you-ness and it, not willing to listen to what she's uncomfortable with or her like insecurities and shit how like yo like she's even saying shit in the middle like yo i went to like church and shit to try to like figure out why i'm not good enough for you because you're you're fucking womanizing broke my esteem and shit and like mm. all of these different things kind of like compound into like her snapping and being like, you are the reason that bitches start fucking with bitches until they change. You the reason bitches start calling y'all bitches because y'all useless. Because men basically turn into giant pity party fucking daddy issue having guys. Because if you go back a couple of tracks of the daddy issues, he's already presented a certain degree of the problem and shit. And then yeah. commenting on how the systemic world of how harvey weinstein and r kelly can exist like r kelly got surrounded by justifiers so he can't understand his abuse and harvey weinstein had to go to, i don't really get the i don't remember his case enough. anyway he had to go to jail and shit and everything happened the way it did and then he flips it like as much as r kelly did all this shit like women still bump r kelly songs like like r kelly is a fascinating case because for everything r kelly did that's awful like the way women treated r kelly was kind of just as awful like he would go to shows and like women would be grabbing his dick and shit it was really weird to watch how women treat r kelly for all of the the conversational shit so it's like a little bit him flipping it like when you try to equate my individual behaviors to these grandiose social issues it's fucked up because look at the hypocrisy in your arguments and then everybody looks like a victim women don't support each other and you know, these are all, you could find all of this on Twitter, <laughs> you know, uh, I really enjoy this song, I think it's really well made, the way it flips into the sex at the end, like, yeah, that's super realistic, in a lot of ways, I find couples fight to fuck, because it creates this, there's this whole psychological thingy, this, like, a b response shit i don't remember what it's called but basically you create lows because they magnify your highs and so people go into these weird cycles and i think it's cool how it just kind of flows into tap dancing which to me feels like it's the same old song and dance right and then if you think about it again whitney's on this track right she's at the very end stop tap dancing around the conversation right 
So it's like not just that, but the tap dancing is also laced into the like there's tapping uh, of him tap dancing on like other tracks too. Like that's also a current theme that goes mm -hmm. throughout the project as well, the tap dancing. But it's, so it's cool how with that and when she's like addressing the tap dancing around the conversation with the emphasis of the sound, it's like she's looking at him <laughs> like, yo, don't don't beat around the bush. Like what is really going on? Let's have this conversation. And then also just tying that with the, the theme of the sounds that we've been getting. But it's like, yeah, it kind of feels like the sex is just the way to like escape the the actual confrontation and, and getting to the solution. It's like it's easier to just run from it. Um, I think it's like a 4.5. I think a lot of people are going to hype this shit up like the greatest thing that's ever been written. And while I do think it's a super honest and powerful piece... I don't know that I want to listen to it ever again. Like, it did its deed for me, and we're good. And I really like it, and it made me think a bit, but I don't know. Like, a lot of people, like, I like like, I like, I like it from all the technical levels of the song, but um, I think it's delivered well. But I guess maybe it's just because it feels like that's my past, and, like, I just don't have that turbulent shit in my life anymore. It's, like, to me, I don't know. I don't empathize as deeply with it. But that's... That's like where I'm at too. It's just I'm 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 trying to not have these type of issues but in my life. And at the same time, it's super real, authentic yeah. sounding, and I really like it. It's one of those weird ones where it's like, I don't know. Maybe in the future, I'd be in a mood where I want to go listen to that because in a different mood I would. But in the current frame of mind I have. It's like to me a really powerful thing like when you watch a movie and get this crazy emotional response and it makes you ponder and shit and then you move on with your life. That's what I you feel from we cry together. But this shit's going to get praised forever and people are going to love it. And y'all can let me you know, know in the comments if you disagree with me. That's fair. You know what's going to happen for me? I'm going to probably encounter a situation along the lines of this, maybe not as hectic. And then I'm going to be lying in my bed in my room and this song is going to randomly just shuffle on and I'm going to like be super in that like zone and pensive and then all of this is going to make sense to me. But I mean, like, like it all makes sense. I think it's, it, it, it it's does. like in a just, sense, it's like, you know what the thing is, is everybody can relate to this song having yeah. either lived it or witnessed it. So it's super fucking honest. It's just like my desire to listen to it is more the issue than the quality of the song. So it's a 4.5 because it's extremely well made. Um, and the beat's cool too. The way everything flows together and just kind of feels like you're a fly on the wall in this conversation is dope. Anyway, we still have a lot of album to go. Uh, let's move on to Purple Hearts, the last track on the first disc. How do you feel about this one? Um, this was cool. This was really, really cool. Um I like how we're kind of getting this like idea that we're induced um, tippy toeing and I'm mud walking. Uh, I did check the genius annotation, but apparently that's like referred to like walking around while sipping lean, which I've heard rappers use the word mud for lean. So that's cool. Uh, rolling sevens. I ain't ready for no coffin. You're living life. You're being lucky. You don't want to die. Um, you have, you know, when the drugs are talking to you, you're, you're in love with it and everything. But then like, I got kind of confused with the shut the fuck up when you hear love talking. I, I was like, are we talking about like literal love or is this like love Yo, within check it. like it's the like drugs, motherfuckers right? be shutting the fuck up and listening to whatever. So, but whenever they hear love talking, they want to mm. argue with it. So, yo, it's saying like, it's like a love song, right? 
And well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because so, um, like a love of self song, like, and that's what I think it is. It's like, yo, instead of maybe like relying on certain things, it's like their manifestation of what love is and the purity of love, but then like adding in that, like, almost hook of the idea of yo, shut the fuck up when you hear love talking, stop arguing with the good shit. Fair, um. I felt like Kendrick. So the lines that stood out to me in Kendrick, right? It was like two stepping away from rappers. I don't trust their true intentions. I'm in the music business. I've been in, I'm not in the music business. I've been in the human business. I like how he like makes human kind of sound like music a little bit, how he kind of like holds those notes together. That's cool. Um, I like how he's like distancing himself from others and trying to be with like real people and stuff like that. But I didn't quite fully understand like his whole verse um summer walker i understood like she's expressing like she's feeling pain and with her boyfriend and then her baby daddy um and like i also am a little because fuck i also know summer walker is really open with like a lot of her projects she really talks about like women's struggles with dealing with relationships and like what love is to women and stuff like that like i've, I've heard a lot about summer walker i've never actually peeped any of her shit so this is just based off of like the podcast I listen to. So for her verse, I was like, this is this is like a love song. This is like a Did woman you just expressing regurgitate Joe Budden's opinion. Uh no, not even an opinion. It's actually from Maury and Maul Damaris, like fucking anyway, docs I, just, over I knew it was like, that like, camp. I knew that's where <laughs> you got this from. Anyway. Like, but no, but like that's what I know about Summer Walker. And just given this verse, I'm like, yeah, this this is cool. But even even if I didn't know, this verse itself also gave me that like, okay, there is some like lovey in here. Um, and she's expressing how she feels with her situations. Um, Ghostface Killer to me kind of like is commenting with both Kendrick and Summer Walker's verse as like, yo, the world's fucked up and these are these two verses are why. And then he proceeds to kind of just be like, we need a change. Our world is fucking screwed. The world's in the twilight zone. Uh, this is the fifth dimension. God, please blow the whistle. We need an intermission. We need a break. We need to like my good deeds in front of your door. I'm standing by the entrance because he's trying to be better. He's trying to do all these things, but like he's lost people. He's seen tragic. There's death. There's negativity. So like those two verses, I understood Kendrick's. I didn't really, but I thought this was cool. Um, I thought like this was this was really good to, to like the way they all flowed, the way that the beat just kind of like keeps you consistently just connected to it was dope. Um, yeah, man, it's a four point five on five. Like, hmm. I ain't gonna. So, yo, I'm not even feeling the same way at all. This shit was like, look, this came on, and I was like, oh, this is not my cup of tea at all. Like, it's like a hmm. slower love song sounding. He's like crooning at me in the chorus. I get the point of it, you know. Like, I appreciate how he's looking for like the pure essence of love. Right. How, like, I feel like it's beyond um, just, you know, this, the, the temptations and the various things we use to kind of induce love in our life. He's kind of going away from fake people and, and just looking for actual love. And it's it's almost like the first part of the verse is for each of the or the first part of the verse is present like an insecurity of sorts because of how people kind of be. Um his life is kind of like forbidden fruit. My bitch know better than I do. A woman's worth. I barely went to church. I'd rather fast with you than fuck it up. Fucking with skirts because I'm rational. So he's kind of showing that. Like, 
it's not like it's like a conflict situation and then he moves it on <clears throat> to like look into the forgiveness and the healing and that kind of side of it right and then it just kind of flips it and then she kind of does the same thing but like you know i don't like the pain that gets caused almost like she's responding to kendrick like their love has has impact on each other um mm. and then she's like it's not love if you're judging me it's not love if you're not going to eat my ass it's not love if you're not really going to care about my happiness and what's this and it's because of the way that you're not like properly expressing the love and and giving mm. real love is why i'm anti everyone before this mass which is a little covid by you know because now everyone's and then i feel like Ghostface comes through and it's like, let's look past the human conditions and focus on the real love of the bigger energies and try to focus on just being the best we can be. So it's almost like he's he's like the solution to the situation is how I felt it. But I thought it was, again, a really honest look at shit. And it's just like, I think it's like trying to like close all the wounds that have been explored a bit and be like, with the power of love, we can forgive in a sense. And to take it where like, people i think i think the whole shut the fuck up when you hear love talking thing is just so interesting because people will argue with that shit inherently um i don't know i just found this one slower and like i really love ghostface killer's verse but like having to get there sounded was not fun for me it was not my favorite it's like five and a half minutes and i wasn't really feeling it but i respect it it's a good song so i'll give it like a 4.2 because it's extremely well made for what it is i just didn't like it uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the next track on the project is called Count Me Out. All right, Chris, how do you feel Yo. about Count Me Out, the second half Yo. of the project? So I like how um, I like how this starts off on like a really serious note, um, like in terms of, well, it, just within the intro, right? So we're addressing him by Mr. Duckworth, his actual name. Uh kind of gives me this feeling like we're now going to be a little bit more um more about him less about i guess commentaries on some other shit uh and then just the session 10 breakthrough speaks a lot where it's like wow okay you're, you it took you 10 sessions to kind of find this breakthrough through whatever you're going through whether that's a lot or a little to whoever cares about that it's just kind of showing you like when you put in the work, if you're going to go to therapy and you're trying to work on yourself and you're trying to figure out how to like love yourself and shit, you know, there is a breakthrough it just so happens that maybe for Kendrick, it took 10 sessions. So I thought that that spoke a lot. Um, Let's also <clears throat> track 10. Oh shit. <clears throat> oh shit. Oh fuck. And it's like the start of the second part of the project where it's like it flips and it's like, okay, now we've gone through all that shit. Here's the breakthrough. And it's like a complete tone shift. Right. And I feel like um, Kendrick is like explaining here how he's acknowledging that he's done so much for people. Um, I care too much. Want to share too much. I'm in my head too much. I shut down. I ain't there too much. No, that's not even it. Fuck, that's the wrong lyric. But even with that, I shut down. I ain't there too much. I'm complex. So they layered me up. They broke me down. And morality's us. I lack in trust. It's like you get this sense where he's like, I'm trying to do so much for everyone else. And, and it's just causing me pain. I don't know how to like be myself and maybe not care so much. But at the same time, also be the people you want me to be. And it just, it, it just kind of really puts me in this state of like, 
shit, like, this is Kendrick just talking to me, and I, f- I feel like I'm just, I feel helpless. Like, I can't really help him, and that's kind of what I get from this. Like, he, like, he kind of is t- letting you know this in some, like, messaging way to be able to help you get through whatever you're going through, but at the same time, it's like, nobody can help me but myself and that's kind of what i took away from this um i also like how with the chorus it's like i love when you count me out in terms of for the way i took it was like when you don't speak about me when you don't invite me to places i'm okay with that i'm comfortable with you guys leaving me out of like these events and shit because i don't even really want to be there i don't even really want to have to deal with like all of these fakeness and 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 like just things i don't want to deal with um that's kind of what I took from this. There is a lot. I really like how the the song is. There's a lot to it. Like even um, where where is it? Like even within like the bridges, it changes within his voice, and the beats got this like wavy airiness to it. And you're kind of like floating while he's like talking to you. Where uh, when when you was at your lowest, tell me where the hose was at. When you was at your lowest, tell me where the bros was at. 3.30 in the morning, scrolling through the call log. And it's like, you get this sense of like, you're just stuck in this depression and, you know, just scrolling your phone, looking at Facebook, looking for something that can give you some sort of hope or some sort of happiness. And also plays on the fact that you're dealing with insomnia and you can't sleep. And you're just like, you just got all these things running through your head. Um, it's it's great it's great i'm just i I was like i I really more resonated with the fact of like yo just leave me out of this let like y'all go do your shit and let me just do what i gotta do um i like how when he says uh, i wanted my best in verse two i wanted my best version but you ignored me then change the story pauses and then says it again to re-emphasize that like i'm trying to be as truthful as it is and i can acknowledge that y'all are changing the shit y'all are making it seem to be something different um and i also like uh well good energy in the room drop the location please antibiotics for the room when i'm frustrated please the way he like holds that please and the way that his voice changes that was also really cool as well um i like the layering of like um antibiotics for the woman when i'm frustrated please frustrated please and then he kind of says it again with like an ad lib type that was also cool the way it kind of like broke up the verse i did like that um yeah i i I really liked a lot of this um i yeah i gave this a 4.5 on five i mean it's a it's a strong song i feel like it's meant to come through and change the tone again uh, we started seeing Eckhart Tolle appear more on it. And from what I understand, he's like one of them dudes that teaches lifestyle stuff. So like he, he, I don't know, whatever. Y'all can go tell me what I'm wrong about him in the comments. But it's just fitting that like he kind of starts appearing. And it feels like the whole first half of this project was like <clears throat> diagnosing the pain. And now we're going to like start the recovery process. Mm. like because right away the like we're kind of going through i guess a similar sense of the subject matter but the tone has shifted one of these lives i'm gonna make things right with the wrongs i've done that's one of you now with the father's son till then i fight uh rain on me put the blame on me etc like you see this like instant like effort of like trying to fix things or to improve and then while he's looking at his wealth and everything and the complicated nature of his life, what ends up shifting is instead of passing blame or being mad at other people or dodging rappers and all this shit, we get 
wipe my ego, dodge my pride, look myself in the mirror, Amityville ain't seen nothing scarier. So it's like looking within oneself is really the scary thing and having to learn to deal with one's emotions and egos and all of that stuff is really when we can start to see the change happen. I really liked when he said, if I didn't learn to love myself, forgive myself a hundred times because like, Mm, yo, that that, that's really what it is at a certain point i like look i've done some shit in my life that some of y'all may judge me for if you ever found out about like everyone has but the truth is is i forgive myself for all the things i've done because when I mean, that took so long and it's like it's a hard process and you have to do like a lot of like growing and stuff to get there but like when you go on that journey it is really important and then i like how he flips the song into that i love when you count me out as though it kind of goes back to the the general conversation of other people's opinions of him now while he's mm. come to these realizations it's like it goes back into the greater conversation of other people and how it becomes like this motivation but can we just acknowledge how how the ad libs play into it where he's like wow and you're like yeah i just wasn't expecting them like they work so well but they're almost like playing on pop ad libs where it like ain't nobody but the mirror looking for the fallout oh, and you're like shit. and i'm like what what's happening with these ad libs but they sound so good in the way that they fit in this song so i don't know if there's some deeper commentary there but it was something that popped out at me um and overall i feel like he's then come to like you, you get the sense he's come to terms with himself and now he's trying to bring it up to other people like how are you gonna win my trust when the lies run deep how are you gonna bend your love when the bad don't sleep you know beep beep crash our feelings in the middle of the street and it feels like now it's like how are we gonna deal with each other because then you have these things like where were where were your people at when you were on your yeah. lows and shit i also love the fuck it up fuck it up fuck it up fuck it up fucking it up like the way that flows through and it just feels like Life is chaotic and it feels like this emotional range of expressiveness that flows throughout the song. Um, then he, I don't know, the second verse just kind of looks like he's trying to find the best version of himself. And while other people pass the buck, ultimately he's still left with ego. And as much as he wants to beat his ego, he still succumbs to it. So regardless of how other people feel, he's going to bounce back, etc. And then the outro thing where he's like, miss regrets, where it sounds like I miss regrets or I have missed, like, you know, I miss the things in my past that create regrets or like miss regrets. Like he's talking to a woman named right, regrets yeah. and that like play on that shit. And he's kind of looking at the past and, you know, he's trying to deal with, doing his best and the complications with it and then at the end it's like yo but this is me i'm blessed and it's like this is who i am you know regardless to all of this shit everything that happens what you may think of me and then just ending with anybody fighting through the stress anybody fighting through but i also like the way the beat cuts and he starts adding that a a ad lib and then it's just like this is me and i'm blessed and then he's dropped the beat and it's just the a a and then anybody fighting through the stress, anybody fighting through the, and then it cuts to like tap dancing, right? To elude back to the tap dancing. That's like mm. the deeper concept of the album. And I'm like, mm. that's pretty cool. So anybody trying to deal with their own fucking version of this bullshit, it's like, yo, it actually gets better. You can, you can like get blessed too, get past the ego and the regrets and stuff. The thing is that, I don't know, like conceptually it's super fire extremely mm -hmm. well made it's a little less on the i want to listen to it front but i respect it a lot and it's like another 4.25 for me um it definitely 
shows we're going down a different angle on this half of the project and i respect that stills so let's find out more with crown it's interesting how like two tracks ago he's like shut the fuck up and listen when love talking and now we're like what the fuck is love <laughs> like two tracks later well, like what the fuck is love I anyway don't, i don't <clears throat> think like, it, i don't okay so with the first one, right, I feel like th as much as this is also like Kendrick, I think this is also like how some people in the world kind of fight for like a purpose or fight to prove that they love uh, their partner, their friend, their family, their this, that in certain ways, right? So like you're walking around like everything is in control. Things are clearly not in control. That's what that implies. And you're still kind of looking like, you know, you're king shit. Favor come with favors and you can't say no. You, you just don't know how to like kind of have that backbone sort of, but you feel like you can't say no because you love these people. And then <clears throat> go, out of way, go out of your way to make the coin available. That's what I call love. And I like how he's kind of showing you like, if you need money, I got you and I'll go out of my way and I'll protect you and I'll, and I'll hold you down. Um, but the way he uses, the way he says the word love, like it's all soft and nice. Like the whole kind of verse is really soft, slow, spoken and then kind of like nice and then love just has this like eh, like love like i don't want to like this isn't what love is like me me going to do these things giving you money and stuff is not what true love is it's 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 what i feel for you or whatnot right um the closest one's afraid to say they need some time i don't quite know what that means i feel like it's I need like just I can't tell my close friends that I need time to be alone. Like I still feel like I have to be responsible for you. And I think that this is really cool. Like he really does he really kind of captivates how at least sometimes how I feel at least when I do things for people and when I go out of my way and try to like just be that like savior in a sense because they kind of look at me in a way. Um then we get the pre-chorus where it's it's kind of just letting you know like Yo, there's gonna come a time where you're gonna need somebody and nobody's gonna be there or no um somebody's gonna need you and you're not gonna be there but like what's gonna happen then if you say no to them they just kind of forget all the good things they've done and i feel like that happens with like a lot of people um you know it's 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 we kind of take it we kind of take for granted a lot of the good things that people do for us and we don't really appreciate it as much we kind of more like turns into like an expectation and then once that person kind of stands up for themselves, you, me, whoever kind of, I feel like it's supposed to be like, yo, you've never done anything for me. What the fuck? I don't ask you for much. And it's like, bro, I, like, like, you know, gave you a place to stay, gave you food, this, that, like I took care of you and shit. Right. Um, and then just coming to the realization, like, yo, I can't please everybody. Like not, it doesn't matter what the fuck I do, but I like how it's like, no, I can't please everybody. Like that certainty. And then he goes, wait, like, kind of struggling in his brain like yo maybe maybe i can like no i can't like like still stuck in that loop and then he's like nah you can't please everybody no i can't i can't uh the second verse i feel like is directly talking to his fans um and how people kind of look at him and being the best person ever but like for them for for them to feel like he loves them they have he has to keep giving them stuff he has to keep giving them music he can't go away for five years or else they don't feel like he loves them and i think he's like kind of commenting I mean, like that's he not just what said pro no he says like they idolize and praise your name across the nation so they're saying they praise you tap the feet and nod their heads so they fuck with it 
promise that you keep the music in rotation you as the fan if you have to promise to keep playing it and then that's what i call love oh oh okay yeah that that makes sense yeah i kind of took it like the other way where like he's kind of speaking from a perspective of a fan where like he they want him to keep having new music in rotation and to them that's I, I what they call talk. love right um <clears throat> and then um you know you just kind of come back with the pre-chorus which just solidifies that idea of like when everything's gone but i like how there's the ad-libs that are kind of off time right so that that was cool to me um and then third verse just kind of felt like there's more emphasizing on the i can't please everybody and then it just kind of ends on that like repetitive outro which no, i no, think like really literally did. the third verse has a whole other part if you're gonna go through the song go through the song he flips it to i can't please myself and then the vapid nature of materialism to try to solve the problems because it doesn't do mm. it and then how can he please people if he can't please someone else it is not just repetitive then he goes into that <clears throat> well there's that um i thought it was cool like i i i think the mess the messaging in itself was very like i got it on the first shot i kind of understand like where you're going with it so i didn't really have to go too deep into that i give it a 4.1 um fair enough uh basically this song kind of explores what love really is like i said before you know the way people often interpret love it's going to be something like oh if you got money, make money available. If you can pay for this or help people out, that's love. <clears throat> and you look at how people behave, everything's kind of transactional and commercial and shit. So you manifest it like that. And then you have to constantly like pursue it. So when you take that line, like closest one's afraid to say they need some time. It's like, yo, people be like afraid to stop giving that love because if you disappear from people, it's like they forget you exist or something. And then that kind of gets reinforced by like the way he flips the love and it's like you have to go out of your way to compromise etc and you always got to put yourself out and as long as you're being altruistic in your actions and constantly giving that's love and then it kind of flips the tone of it a bit you know and goes into like yo love be changing with the seasons people be fucking fickle with all of your love it doesn't really matter at the end of the day leaving you with the sense that you can't please everybody and the way he does flip it you know it's kind of this realization of like shit no matter what i do i can't please everybody you're always going to be kind of like fucked up with it um and then i just think like the refrain part where he quotes uh shakespeare is super interesting because it's heavy is the head that chose to wear the crown to whom is given much is required now so it's like he chose this life right like anybody that ends up in a position like kendrick lamar chose this life and when you do get that level of responsibility a lot comes with it and because of that it's like you have to accept and understand that you can't please people because a lot of people when they get into a position of influence get stuck trying to constantly maintain love and constantly giving and it's impossible that's where it's like that one live it's like love gonna get you killed because it's like if you're constantly giving like yo people be wildly depressed and stressed and fucking miserable over that shit because they're constantly trying to give and people don't take care of their own self 
and then the way the outro just layers it's like i can't please everybody i can't please everybody then it's like i can't please you know it just kind of drops a bit like it's and then everybody becomes like the ad lib and then it's just like can't please and it's like just like the sense of like there's no satisfaction you know and i really appreciate the way he puts it out that it's like i can't make people happy i can't make myself happy and it's like a game this next level of awareness that like the cycle's broken and maybe that's not really what love is and that's that that can't be what love is because it doesn't make any sense and it sounds really beautiful it's it's like it's one of those songs where like i'd never go out of my way to listen to but if it came on i really enjoy it the way the beat kind of builds up and gets more progressive and it almost feels like a little angelic and uplifting and building up like this like sense of empowerment comes through it like it's like an affirmation like i can't please everybody you got to remember that as you go throughout your day it's like a solid 4.5 i really like this track um and the next one the next one has kodak black on it so let's talk about silent hill what do you think about this one i like this one um i mean to me this is really like fuck the haters don't like indulge in the negativity like forget the comments and like just keep sticking to you keep doing what you do and don't let that like affect your your focus your grind moving forward um i like how in the intro kendrick is like kind of questioning why people keep fucking with him and like he's trying to be this like good person but he's gonna like like jumping out of your skin to me kind of feels like I'm trying to be the people, the guy you want, but if you keep fucking with me, I'm going to have to be the person inside, the person that I know that I'm trying to like control in a sense um, where he's like, believe me. It's just like, trust, you don't want to deal with that. Um, and then the chorus was just really cool. Like the way he like changes it up and he kind of sounds like he's kind of like doing the mumble thing with like the accent and like the kind of the there, like that was cool. And the who was so, it was just dope. I like it. I like it. Um, but like this kind of just felt more regular, like a radio hit type. Like it had that like bop to it. It had that, like that, just that feel to it. Um, and Kendrick did nice. Like I be immune to shit, chuck it, tuck in the broom and shit. Yeah. What you're do you have to say about me. those bars, Chris? Like, what do you actually have like, to say about those? Bars? Nothing. I'm just, so cause I'm don't saying quote it like all the bars. If you don't have anything to say about the bars, they're just it's already good, hours because... in Chris. <laughs> fair don't enough. Be filling. I mean, I'm fair enough. Um, what I do want to say though, is for Kodak black, that was an impressive verse. I really just like how he flowed, switch up his flow, the way he just like, was just so nonchalant about being in the pocket and just kind of going at it. I liked it. It landed at a four on five for me. It was just good. That's what it was. I feel like this track comes through. And again, it's super interesting that Kodak Black's on it. I don't know if Silent Hill is like a reference to the video game or not. Uh, maybe because like the video game is like a spooky horrorish sense it's like the vibe of people comes off like life be silent hill or some shit like that maybe i'm mm. reaching i never played silent hill um but i definitely feel like yeah kendrick be tired of people um in his like sense of like trying to find love and finding his own wave it's like you have to kind of get rid of the bad people and the snakes in your life and shit and I feel like this is like his song of casting off the demons in his world and pushing away the people. And it's like this, like, 
literal sense of disgust in that like <laughs> that he puts in i find that's like really fun and i feel like with his verse it's like he's just kind of feels strong uh people are going to think about him talk about him etc it is what it is people be fake it doesn't feel like he has a lot to add to this topic so much as he's just reaffirming how little it matters to him so it's like he doesn't really delve into it with as much detail and it was kind of like his verses are pretty short and shit and then like he follows it up with this notion of being stressed and then like his daughter kind of gives him this reminder of like love and shit also with kodak black's verse i really appreciated the part where like he also points out like every thursday is girls day spending time with my daughter make me go harder every sunday is son's day teach my boy to be a man i had no father so it's like this idea of him trying to like recognize that he can break certain generational trends by being there for his kids and shit is really cool and how both their kids kind of inspire them to find love and to pursue that is really interesting as well because again the main theme of this side of this project is i think what is love right so you know looking for love in the middle of all of this hate and then realizing like in your kids and shit is something there um and this like you talk too much you're making an awkward love and i just think it's important that like the consistent way love gets brought up on this half of the album and then i don't really know that i've listened to a lot of kodak black's verses before but anybody that says this guy doesn't enunciate is really wrong <laughs> like his actual flow is ridiculous the way he like rhyme shit is just so fucking impressive like the cubicle rhymed with funeral shit was like damn son you'd be like really rapping really like proper his, his timing is impeccable the way he flows on everything is just amazing i don't fully understand half the shit he's talking about but i can't imagine that a diamond that looks like a ring pop is a fat ass diamond because i'd be liking ring pops and shit i like the like pauses in, in the beat like the way he's like i had to survive off a tuna pack and just like leaves it hanging for a second lets that beat breathe before continuing it on and almost transitioning the tone of the verse um and it just kind of ends that even though like he's trying to be a better example to others he's still kind of almost like addicted to the streets because that's what he got raised off of and i think it's interesting it's like i don't want like i don't want to like fucking rob you per se i want to kill you but you know i might rob you anyway if i'm going to do that like that's just how he ends the verse and it's like this is harsh it's almost like kodak in a sense brings this other energy into it where it's just so much harsher and so much more raw in a sense of like not what kendrick brings to the table there like i don't know mm. i don't know if i'm like describing that well but either way i really enjoyed this song i think it like comes off like more of a radio hit yeah but that's because kodak fucking is just on that pop shit like he is one of those dudes so and then kendrick does match kodak a bit more on this showing his versatility to kind of blend in with the newer shit and what kodak said earlier as we pointed out was as much as like he gives help out to the ogs he promised that kendrick and him are going to make a lot of money off of this shit da 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 and look the kodak kendrick song is going to be a huge smash ultimately thus living up to the promise made earlier on the project and in a sense that's love it's the opposite of it so i thought that was super mm -hmm. cool maybe i'm reaching there a little bit but i get it's a 4.5 really enjoyable song um and then we get our next interlude 
the savior interlude as we start the third 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 of the album what do you think chris <clears throat> um yeah i'm i'm still kind of left with like I don't really know what the purpose of this song was. I like it. <laughs> Baby Keem does really fucking great on it. The flows and everything are super cool. Um, but I just, I was like, I like, you had that one song with Kendrick and I see why I guess he put you on here. I'm pretty Kendrick's. sure you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he's like the new part of TD. I don't know. I'm not in it. Don't quote me on anything. But like, it's just, I like I, I like it. I like it. And yeah, I like cousin. how dope. I like how he just does his thing and shows out and the way his tone changes on certain parts of the verse and the way he just like flips out the what stands out to me is the been down on my luck when I fall all oh, I gotta get up, gotta get back up and ball all oh, oh, like the way he just like like he just so freely just changes that up and just goes with it was just so cool. But I, I don't I liked it. It was it was a four on five to me. I was just left with, okay, like, dope, impressive, talented. To yeah, me. I'm a hundred percent with you in that. I'm not a hundred percent sure what I'm not getting here. Like, I feel like I'm missing the point or something, or maybe it's like a younger version of it. So he's just kind of describing a lot of similar harsh circumstances of his growing up. You get the sense that, like, shit's hard. First and the 15th, the only religion. That's when them fucking welfare checks in the States, I don't remember what they called, come through is what I'm taking from that. Like, you know, just this harsh environment shit, you know. Catch a buddy, I'll put that on anybody but my mama. She's showing a pattern for certain. I think it's white panties and minimal condoms. It's like this like social commentary on like the hood in a sense and then all of a sudden like he's rich and he's going through his own version of having the vapidness and being okay but also dealing with the complications of walking cautious and being perceived by everybody and then having to deal with people so it's almost like hey look baby keem kind of rose up and is going through his own version of everything that kendrick's doing on the project but at the end of the day he's kind of rich so i mean i guess it's cool so i don't know like that's the best i have on this because it, it's like i don't get it a thousand percent um but like maybe it has to do with the intro i didn't even think about that if you derive your sense of identity for being a victim let's say bad things were done you were a child and you develop a sense of self that is based on the bad things that happened to you so it's kind of like maybe you have to like learn how to look past the being a product of your environment and that mm. you know by elevating beyond that you're good i'm not a thousand percent sure like i said i gave it like a 4.2 i found it like a bit harder to get into but it serves its purpose i guess as an intro to the next track which is savior all right chris i think yeah, i figured I it out because i believe now we're getting introduced to the character of mr moral right so Mr. Uh, high Stepper or whatever the other version is. Fuck my life. Big Stepper. Big Stepper. That's like, you know, the people showboating and shit. But then you got Mr. Okay. Moral, who's the judger motherfucker, right? So if you think about it, right, on the Savior interlude, something that just clicked while I was listening to this song, it's like he goes through his life and he gets to where he is. He even talks about shit like cheating. But at the end of the day, he's like, check it. I got my 20 million. Go fuck out of here. Mama, we okay. 
it's almost like he doesn't care what you think. And then I think one of the themes of this album, right? So we look at all the insecurities and shit that got built up on the first half that also interpolates with the relationship with the public and everything else in his personal life. Now we get to this point where it starts off, Kendrick made you think about it, but he is not your savior. Cole made you feel empowered, etc. We don't have to go through all of them. All mm. these people impacted your life and inspired you, but they are not your savior. And I think that's what people be like trying to wildly do with certain celebrity figures is make them a savior and then holding them to this ethical standard of holiness that is beyond human. So you have Kendrick in that first verse. He's like, you know, Mr. Moral, give me high five, two time center co-defendant, judge of my life, you know, backpedaler, what they say, etc. Right. So this is like right. just the world and how they treat him. And then he kind of cuts a little bit fun fact i ain't taking shit back like when they say like when they pro black but i'm more kodak black so it's like i think commenting in particular about people who like claim to be pro black or probably a lot of the white people too who like have these opinions online about him but don't understand that in his mentality he'd be more like a kodak black figure who they be judging and then or doesn't it tie in the next line tell me where the exactly. money at, at a where, okay you know universal call it i can members only that so it's like this is what i'm really about regardless to what you think i'm about and then mm-hmm. um you know you can i think like there is something to the whiteness and the black parts of it right like hello crackers like let me hear that black back so it's like you know just kind of like calling out people directly i've seen people arguing about who's blacker even blacked out screens and called it solidarity so it's like the vapid nature of arguing about this metric that's created based on what who's media this and that so it's like mr moral is this other character on the album that needed to get explored at some point then you get mm. this next verse or the, the chorus is cool too like are you happy for me right like at the end of the day fuck what you think about me are you happy for me and that right. is just an open-ended question. People will smile in your face, blah, 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 but they're not happy for you. They judge you, etc. Then that whole second uh, verse is really just about how rappers and shit be holding themselves back and whatnot and the state of the world and shit. But even with like the Vladimir Putin line, I think he's trying to tie it into your feelings are based on this collective consciousness of shit. It's not really based on what you think. So it's like people make up decisions for you. It's just a weird sense of like, nobody's thinking for themselves no more and um then you got that like third verse where he's just like you know what get the fuck out of here i'm not your savior i'm not actually loving my neighbor any better than you i struggle with everything too i fucking find it like heinous that capitalists and fake people be leveraging these social platforms and all this other shit and it's like being manipulative such a required taste that's an interesting line like it's not an acquired taste. It's a required taste. Like the only way to be in this system and actually have a thing is to be a manipulative person. He rubbed elbows with people that was for the people and they're all greedy. And so then he addresses why he's not fucking been talking about this. Because at the end of the day, he's protecting his soul in the Valley of Silence. He's just not interested in compromising himself to be part of this fake ass conversation. And he doesn't care what you think about it. And I'm like, yo, that's pretty hard. It's like, ultimately, all of it's addressing the concept of what your role is as a savior while you're out there doing your shit in the way society and celebrity treats you. It's pretty hard. 
I really just took it as like we glorify a lot of these people in celebrity, fame, richness, and eliteness. And instead of doing that, we should just focus on ourselves. Like that's really what I was left with at the end of this was like, you got to be your own savior to overcome whatever problems you have and whatever issues you go with. Um, yeah, like I, I don't have anything else. A lot of this was like a lot. <laughs> so I put this at a, I put this at a 4.2 because I do like the beat. Um, and I do like how, uh, where is it in the bridge, in the bridge, the beat has this like chimey feel to it. Um, when Kendrick's like truth, truth, it, it resides in the fire that needs of a desire, deceiving the lies, whatever, whatever. There's like this chime to it that kind of really like nicely breaks up the, the song, but also kind of brings it back together, uh, when he gets more serious, like exposing that, you know, he's not the savior and shit. Um. But yeah, I gave it like a 4.2. You you touched on everything. Yeah, I also really like it when he's like, CC, wait a minute. Veneki, Veneki, c'est la vie. Oof, the way the beat switches up there and everything is fucking amazing sounding. Like this song has like a swag to it. It's overall like a, like a gain, one of those versatile tracks. I like it a lot. It's another 4.5. It's a really good song. I don't know what else to say about it. I already talked a bunch about it. But I think it's cool how it fits into it. And then... Once you've got all that, we move into another interesting one, Anti-Diaries. All right, Chris, how do you I, feel about this one? Um, um, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I get, I guess I get it. I guess I don't. I think I understand the surf. I, I don't, dude. Like, my auntie is a man now. To me, that's like touching upon, like, trans like transitioning it's quite literally so, that yes right so like i get it um and then like the various explanations and experiences why um but i just i i'm like i i people for me it's like yo do what you want live your life and i'm just not affected by it so i don't really like kind of walk away from oh, this man. as like any, I, I don't know. Like, it's just really, I don't, I may not get it, dude. Honestly, like I didn't really feel anything with this. I was like, okay, you're telling me this, you're going through the experiences, how things can change. There was like a moment where I felt like maybe it doesn't matter if your cousin, like, or if the person that you love as like family is like, you know, guy, girl, whatever it's about who they are as a person. I caught that. Um, but like, overall, I'm just like, I'm still stumped. Like, I'm still just like, what i don't know so it, a it's a four on five like i'm just yeah dude i so like when i yeah. first listened to the album this is the second song i was like oh say word this one's gonna fucking like this is this song this is a hard song like it's um i mean like there's a lot of hate towards trans people on earth and especially in hip-hop and in certain communities more than others but ultimately, there's a lot of ignorance and hate towards the trans community. Okay, like, that's just kind of what it is. There's a lot of ignorance. Like, I don't know. I came across ContraPoints on YouTube and went down trans YouTube land for a while and started learning a lot about a bunch of different shits. But, like, <clears throat> you can just look at the conversation on Facebook and the memes. And you don't have to fucking try hard to see how much 
ignorance gets shared by people on a regular basis, right? So I believe this song is meant to contextualize certain things and mm-hmm. from the perspective of Kendrick, who in this case apparently when he grew up his auntie uh, is a trans man who like you know transition and he to him it was just like normal it's like I, he didn't get it she was just doing this he was bagging girls doing his shit um but then like he kind of touches on it like yo why did why did my other uncles hate him it's so confusing to me and he's like you know well more money more women people be jealous etc doesn't really touch on the actual core of the issue it's kind of like alluded and i think what kendrick's trying to express there is that you can tell as a kid things are off but nobody's explaining what's happening here so you're just kind of left with it which is when you get into that second verse where that f-bomb which we're not gonna say it gets dropped a whole bunch but you know what like when i because yo i'm the same age as kendrick or at least we're born in the same year so like wildly that is what elementary school was like you would drop that word you didn't know no better like you didn't really know what that shit meant it was super like top level nobody explained it like that south park episode where they have the getting gay with kids song and shit was really apt for like the way that whole concept was being treated with kids especially when you have religious lobbying groups making sure you don't know a fucking thing about anything lgbt plus inside of the education system etc and again he's just not understanding it so they're engaging in this kind of humor then you know he goes in with his with his aunt who's now a man and they be bumping off with dj quick and riding around and he's just so excited he's seen him rapping and it's like it doesn't really click you know that this is something weird or abnormal until all of a sudden his cousin followed in it and now demetrius is marianne so now his cousin has become a trans woman and he goes through that whole first next verse describing how like it goes to the point of going through the surgeries and everything to like you know he's really going through the transition but simultaneously because of the jokes and the way kendrick kind of is acting with regards to using that word and showing that kind of homophobic behavior it kind of creates this rift between the two of them which then leads to that moment in church where the preacher is judging them as abominations because high key that's what preacher men be doing they fucking judge anything that be like gay or something like that in a really direct way so he sees the preacher man single out his cousin in church to which then all of a sudden kendrick flips and the whole beat changes and you get that super noble kendrick's the superhero voice kick in as he questions the intentions of the preacher by quoting the bible at him etc and then his cousin kind of sees that kendrick is starting to understand the hatred that surrounds this world and then brings it back to close the point home with him on how that moment happened on stage where that white girl dropped the m-bomb while spit in mad city and pointing it out that if you want to be able to say this word with me you have to be comfortable with that girl saying that word in that moment and if you're not, then you now understand why you can't be using this kind of language. And so I think it's just a way to contextualize all of that for people. Because a lot of people don't have that context. Like, you live in a country where you can have sex education, Chris. Like, you got to understand that the whole world is not taught the same shit equal. And even then, do they still have sex ed? I don't fucking know. But I think it's really just Kendrick trying to contextualize the struggle of trans people and equate it to other experiences that you can relate to. And showing the ignorance that people have 
in not understanding it because there's no sincere or genuine conversation about it. And that's what I think the purpose of all this song is. Plus the way the beat kind of just like slowly builds as he delivers it all. Like this is a really fucking cool song. I give it a five on five. It's fucking stellar. <clears throat> Chris is like, yep, nope, I'm not with it. Yo, there's already tweets here where people are debating this shit. Um, anyway. Like, again, I, 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 I acknowledge what the song is. And after listening to it and listening to it, I, I understand what the song is trying to do. I just, in my brain, it's like, I just, I don't care what people do. Like, as long as there's no violence or anybody gets hurt. There is violence and people are getting hurt on this subject. Which I I understand. It's, it's, It's like, I understand that. And that's why I'm just left with this, like, I get it. Like, I get it. It's kind of what it is. It's like you told me all of this, and I'm sitting here. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get it, Kendrick. Like, I know it sucks. Like, fuck. I just don't. I don't know, dude. I'm just. I don't know. That's fair. Anyway, let's move on to Mr. Moral. Yo, before we go anywhere, shout out for all on this beat. But holy shit, this reminds me of Kanye West Yeezus era. Like, just so much. Like the Yeezus era of Kanye. I digress, Chris. How do you feel about this one? <clears throat> to me, this is a vibe. Like I've, I've honestly at this point, I'm like so off the lyrics, and I'm just like my brain is just like, okay, like okay. Um, but I like how he interpolates this like breathing and like heaving in the beginning with the yeah yeah, and he's like kind of like like breaking out and he's trying to like contain something, but it's 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 exploding. So I thought that was really really cool. The way he just flows into the first verse and it's like echo your father's just detox i'm calling is right on time transform like just the way he kind of spits and it's sporadic was just so cool um i mean given the chorus i guess he's got shit on his mind and it's heavy and he's just dealing with it so like i get that point like that part um sam do i just love i just love it doesn't matter what the fuck he does or her or whatever i i love it it, it just the way that the, the voice and just the way the voice infuses with the beat i just oh my god i'm just like this is really really great um i mean this stepping out when the weight lifts i guess that's like being able to take the weight off your shoulders and now you're floating or you're floating on top of the problems I don't know this whole thing was just a real vibe to me like it just had a nice bounce a nice feel to it so that was really it i like the outro where it's kind of like telling you to get back up and do what you got to do and like get your squad get your team and it's got that like football-esque huddle thing going so it was nice it was cool um like it was a 4.2 for me on five yeah i thought this song was pretty fire so i feel like if we look through the transition of this evolution of Kendrick kind of coming into himself, right? <clears throat> um, this one just kind of feels like he's really decided his purpose in a sense. Um, he's trying to heal now. He's trying to, with his community, deal with the demons inside, acknowledge the various traumas that have existed, and like fucking move forward. Now, the song's called Mr. Moral. So I think that's part of it. Like Mr. Moral, as we understand, is that judging side of maybe social media and the perception and stuff. And if we look in that second verse, right, he really just kind of explores shit like 
the pain and trauma of society that creates more pain and trauma right so r kelly and oprah both having molestation and shit happened in their life that created trauma that caused in at least r kelly's case more hate and more failure around him and bad circles and then oprah had to suffer as well and then his mother was abused and then kind of pointing out the systemic cycles of abuse that occur in black communities and then literally with that question what you know about black trauma so when everybody's saying everybody about everything it's like what do you really know about it he's just out there with his people trying to work with them and get over this and then watch his people make money and develop wealth and then i loved when he's like watching my cousin struggle with addiction then watching her force burn make a million and both of them off the grid for forgiveness i'm sacrificing myself to start the healing end and there's like this sense where it's like everybody just wants to or heal escape and avoid the the cycle that people have been stuck in for the longest time and it's like who keep them honest like us who in alignment like us who got to heal them all us like there's this question of who's actually going to deal with the responsibility is it him is it his people it's like what does it really mean he in his position and shit but overall there's this cry i find to just kind of overcome other people's opinions about the situation and just focus on moving forward celebrating and pushing towards those goals so it's like it feels like there's this this almost like aggression towards the ops but the ops being mr moral and the judgy folks and really just this focus on fuck what you think like it's like it was around here where i'm like yo kendrick don't give a shit what i think about him and i think he's bringing up an example like r kelly on purpose because it's so easy to judge him without looking at all the circumstances around how he's almost a victim of a circumstance now i'm not defending his behaviors but if you do look at his circumstances but nuance there's a lot of people who failed him to put him in that position where he continued to hurt people um i just think it's a really really interesting song the vibe is really great and shit the features complement it so perfectly and overall i i just enjoyed it a lot i think it's a 4.75 um and i think it really carries the project forward and again giving a sense of identity to where kendrick's going with it like he set you up he's let you know that he's going to not care what you think and focus on himself and he can't make people happy and now we're starting to get to what mr moral means to him in a sense i guess what he really represents with the situation mm. as we move into the last couple of tracks on the album so i think it's really cool um the next one is mother i sober all right chris how do you feel about no, this one chris no, is like i don't want to talk about it you, i don't understand it i'm done i checked out yo, i'm over yo, you start this okay it is a great outro me... shout out ismail for popping through okay this sounds pretty brilliant too because keep in mind like the last song the fuck you know about like black trauma well let's learn about black trauma chris and that's what's happening here it's like this next right. layer of shit that gets added on i'm sensitive i feel everything i feel everybody and then he just kind of goes on to start describing shit you know transformation then reciprocation karma must return this is like this more spiritual like sense of what is supposed to be 
upcoming like how we actually deal with this shit the ego's gotta die we gotta move forward but then it's like my mother cried they put hand put their hands on her it was family ties it hurt it all and then he's describing like how his mother got beat or hurt or abused in some way and he was five and he's considering how he should have fucking grabbed a gun and dealt with the situation but like he's a christian and how is he supposed to handle this and you know it's like five years old trying to deal with this situation and then he's kind of like leaving that verse with transformation you ain't felt grief till you felt it sober which is a whole other point to it where so many people hide from their grief and shit because they're not sober but he's like when you feel that sober you really feel it you really learn that shit and then that chorus comes through with this longing to be like somebody else which i think is just something that almost everybody out there can feel at some point or another right and then yes just to go further into block trauma he talks about how at, when he was young his cousin got accused of molesting him and his mother and everybody challenged that and nobody like believed him even though it wasn't true and it never happened because this is like like one of the things that doesn't get talked about like there's some crazy stat where like a large percentage of black dudes get molested like a large number and it never gets talked about and like a bunch of shit like that so I believe Kendrick is here using his experiences to kind of introduce this subject matter in. Like, this is some shit nobody be talking about. And then the complications of, like, the family dealing with this. And, you know, mother's brother said he got revenge for my mother's face, right? That's, like, another side of it. So somebody else maybe killed or hurt somebody that beat his mother at one point. And it's all this trauma and lie shit right but then he's just blaming himself because you just feel guilt because nobody believes you or whatever else and there's like again more trauma that gets attached to these experiences and stuff um well uh, just just on that because that was one thing i wanted to to say it was like the way that he expresses how like he's genuinely just being honest with the no like no I, i'm safe and everything but you can really like get like the other people that's where i kind of started seeing some foreshadowing where i was like okay there's other people who are like he's not fully telling the story but i like how um there's that sense of like convincing that needs to be done in certain aspects i may not be explaining it properly eh, go on and then you get to the third verse where He's like, look, I didn't use drugs to cope, but I'd be lying to pretend like I don't have my vices and then proceeded to touch back on the fact that infidelity is a part of his thing. And he's basically got this like sex addiction that he goes through. And then, you know, she finally recommends therapy. So as it's like as he's going through therapy, he starts to like rehash all of these memories and all of these things that he's gone through, all of this trauma. Right. Because think about it. He goes to therapy. And this whole album is him just kind of rehashing the trauma of his childhood to try to like touch on certain things that yeah. probably a whole bunch of people deal with. And then to this day, he's like, my mom still doesn't believe me because she went through her own shit. And because she went through her own version of it, it doesn't matter. It's just she's convinced this happened. And it's like these cycles kind of get created and nobody really ever touches about it. Or another part of it when he's like, uh, conversation not being addressed in black families the devastation haunting generations and humanity they raped our mothers then they raped our sisters and they made us watch then they made us rape each other and this would probably be going back to like you know slave plantation right. times and yo that shit's way more recent than people think like way more like we're saying this shit is probably going on in the 1900s right so this is like people have living relatives that went through this shit and like 
at one point i was curious why there's so much homophobia and hip-hop and from what I was brought to my attention, and I'm no expert on the subjects, but in a way to demasculinize dudes, um, they would, like, force men to rape other men, like the slave owners and shit, and all this kind of stuff that created these deep traumatic anxieties in people that gets attached to shit like slavery and whatnot that really just you never really hear about it and then you just right after that like every other rapper been sexually abused i see him daily burying the pain and chains and tattoos so listen close for you start to pass judgment on how we move learn how we cope whenever his uncle had to walk with him from school his anger grows deep in misogyny so it's like you may be like seeing a, a version of people but you don't know what they went through and <clears throat> how many people yo like i have a theory where like most people in music be like on some spectrum and actually going through some trauma shit because like yo being a musician or an artist professionally or trying to do that as an adult is like a seriously masochistic endeavor and like most people i know are wildly not neuro norm like neurotypical and everybody seemed to have gone through something everybody seems to be dealing with shit so it's like if you can't fully understand the trauma of these situations how can you judge these people mr moral you know bringing back that kind of thing but then he kind of goes and moves it towards like that vision of freedom and like healing and shit where he sets free everybody but really what i love was that last line as i set free all you abusers this is transformation um and why that line hit so big is because something I always thought about in the way our judicial system of judgment and condemnation and cancel culture and social justice is like laid out. It's almost like if you ever committed a crime, you're guilty for life. It's over. But that's like not really conducive to like growing and shit. If there's no compassion and there's no path for reformation and if there's like no way to repent for your sins, then like you're just condemning the world to being like dark. So it's like in a sense, if we want to see the world hit this next level of transformation, we actually have to learn how to forgive our abusers and the people who hurt us and like the worst of it. So instead of having guys like Philip DeFranco bragging about fucking castrating people and making it cool to spread hate in the world in his like, you know, jokey kind of way. It's like, is that really the path forward? Do you even know what, you know, like there's so many things that like, the ignorance of Mr. Moral. Actually, Philip DeFranco is a good example of Mr. Moral. Um, <laughs> Am I dying inside a little bit? Because I, I, I he really, he, or at least current Philip DeFranco is. So it's right. like, you know, you never hear the compassion. You just kind of hear when he's decided away. It's, it's, you know, so it's like, that's the hard part is to learn how to love the hate and to offer that love to the hate so that you can, in fact, see the transformation. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, and then I like the fact with, like, how his kid is going to break the generational curse because, like, they're not going to grow up with that shit. It's really cool. And then Sam Du crushes it with that outro. Before I go and fast asleep, love me for me. I bear my soul and now are free. And it's, like, again, like, being yourself and including the darkness and having a society that's built on forgiveness and understanding and compassion for the traumas that we all experience and shit. I think it's pretty fucking powerful. It's one of my favorite tracks on this album too. I gave it a five on five. I gave it a 4.5 um, because of how, because I understand how powerful it is. Like when I listen to this song and I keep just going through it, going through it, going through it, and I still need to go back. Like that's, a part of me is still like, yeah, I don't have much to say because I don't fully, fully understand. And I don't want to like 
misquote certain shit or whatnot. Um, but like, I did leave this sense, especially with like the last line with that transformation. Like, there is this, this like breaking through barriers feel that like even I kind of got just 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 the way the song made me feel with it like the way he really tried to like get people to understand i thought it was really 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 great um eventually i'll come back and let y'all know somewhere i feel like that eventually is like uh not actually gonna happen (laughs) and that's just me holding up a mirror to you yo we had the last song chris for those that are not on the stream with us, we are hitting the four-hour mark of the stream now. So, yeah. Next time, y'all can hit it up Sundays, 12 p.m. EST, twitch.tv slash behind that suit. All right, Chris, how do you feel about this outro? Last song. It's not really an outro. Um, I guess it's an outro. I like how after this whole journey of, like, finding himself and dealing with all his shit and stuff, he finally chooses himself. He's finally going to, like, let go of oh, it all. Shit, Kodak's on this song, too. He says and I build himself. Me. I didn't even realize. Oh, shit, really? Cool. Oh, yeah, the intro. Um, but what, what stood out to me is that, like, he's still, like, I'm sorry. Like, there's still this part of him that is, like, apologetic to everybody that he has to go and choose himself. Where as much as the chorus has this, like anthemic like i'm choosing me we're doing this like this is what it is we've 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 unlocked it he's still apologetic about it he's still like um that just feels like a canadian i'm sorry it doesn't feel like a real i'm sorry hmm well yeah besides that i honestly am like i like the vibe i like the beat i like everything i just i'm i'm just tired at this point i was just tired and i was like i'm kind of glad it's over um but (laughs) no anyway um but like it's good it 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 ended up at a 4.2 on 5 i i yeah it's just it's good i'm too tired to keep doing this review can we please finish (laughs) Well, Chris, we still have to talk about this. Anyway, um, <laughs> like we're not skipping it, Chris. No, uh, I, no, cho- no, no, I no. choose the review. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think, yo, this track is like such a perfect conclusion, though, right? Because remember what I said a bit earlier. The whole first part of the project is like diagnosing the pain, right, and understanding right. the self awareness and why people are the big steppers. And then the other side is about the love and the relationship of what love really is and how Mr. Moral kind of fits into that shit. But you really feel like every track on the second part of this is about love. And then this is where he kind of figures out that it's self-love that is really what's the most important thing. And as he's reflecting shit, it's like, yo, instead of the pressure and shit, like you're all waiting on me to like do whatever. It's like, it's not about right, wrong, whatever it's not it's not really going down like that i just realize now it's not really my fight in a sense is what i'm feeling from him i can't live in this matrix of social media wars and what everybody's pushing it's just i choose me i have to deal with my own shit and you see it in like the second the verse where it's like everybody like wakes up to the news and the traumas of everything and it almost feels like he's like nah that's not how it's gonna be it's different and then you won't grow waiting on me as in, if you're waiting for Kendrick to come be your savior, to come 
drop this source of knowledge and wisdom and that's what you're waiting on it's like nah b it's not gonna happen like that because i choose me i'm sorry like i can't be that anymore i'm not trying to be that we can't have that be the way our society is driven because all of it's toxic you know um mm. and that like last verse really just kind of shows he's like working on his own problems and his own shit and then people just kind of maybe don't fully understand what he's dealing with like do yourself a favor and get a mirror that mirror grievance then pointed at me so the reflection can mirror freedom she told me that she need me the most i didn't believe her she even called me names on the post the world can see it and this is where it's like i feel like the relationship with the public and the way people treat him and that parasocial shit is just kind of weird because it's not authentic and it's not real and it's like if kendrick doesn't give you the opinion you're supposed to give it's problematic and shit and so at the end of the day it's like fuck that i'm running away from the culture to follow my heart in a sense i feel like it's it's like a lot of what j cole articulates but just like put into a way that's like i'm doing it to save my soul and i think it's really interesting and i, I like how the bridge before the outro just kind of solidifies what love is to him true love's not saving face it's an unconditional thing it's not about the appearances it's about the embodiment of like everything he's like i hope you'll find your independence and shit and then i think the greatest line on the album is sorry i didn't save the world my friend i was too busy building mine again and it's like because people were expecting him i don't know if y'all saw those tweets and shit but like people were wildly like after especially after like the george floyd situation kendrick's gonna save the world like he's like nah i choose me i'm sorry <laughs> like it's kind of like how it ended up playing out and i think you get to this as the end as he just resonates on that chorus again and you're left with kendrick just explaining what his position to the world is i'm not your savior i'm gonna deal with my own shit you have to deal with your own shit and then the album's done and it's just kind of nice and the beat's so like triumphant and like it feels so affirmation filled and it feels like there's like a sense of conclusiveness to it all and i really like this song so i'm giving it a 4.75 because it's pretty strong all right i think we did it chris we got to the end of mr moral and the big steppers so what do you think about this project as a whole is this album of the year is this the classic of classics that's going to save the world chris bro my opinion means nothing Okay, my opinion on if this is the album of the year or whatever means absolutely nothing. Is it your album um, of the year? No. Then it means no. something to the people watching the review where you're talking on. We're not telling. Fair. Um, overall, I like the project as, I guess, what I would also say is like the art piece that it is for the messaging and the stories and the, the things that i can you know take away from and learn from and i definitely do want to go back and really like kind of sit with some of these songs and really gather a lot of the, the shit i'm supposed to get from it um but like this 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 is a 4.2 on five over five uh Ooh. as a full project this to is me like this is a slightly above average project give me some denzel curry please like, just but like just even with that it's just because i acknowledge that i like the denzel curry beats and the and and, and the and, and all that stuff more which doesn't really equivalent to anything so i don't know man it's just a 4.2 if you like if you you're either really gonna like this or you're not mm. um i like some songs on this 
and there's just some songs that I, because I don't, I don't, you know what it is? I don't not like any of the songs. I'm just not going to go back to a lot of these, but I will go back to N95 and whatever other one I fucking hearted on my thing. So Chris's so. feelings are this album is too much effort for me to give a fuck about moving forward. Understood. And I word it like <laughs> that because half your homeboys feel that way, person who loves this album. I appreciate you, but you got to recognize Chris be the voice of the people sometimes, even if they're not the people that you're part of the peoples of. Um, I end this album, Hey, I have the voice. <laughs> I don't know if this is like, a, okay, like this is one of those like interesting art piece albums. So to call it a classic, it's like, I guess it's, it's super, it's super hard for me to like inherently call this a classic right now. Cause if I think about damn, I don't know. I never listened to Damn. I think it's a cool album, but I never listened to it. So for me, it's not a classic. It's like a good album, but I'm, I'm cool with it. It's no, it's no good kid Mad City to me. Whether you agree with me or not, it's cool. So it's hard for me to go down that path with it. Do I think it's album of the year? If we're going to go down the path of concepts, possibly it's a real contender. I don't know what other mm. albums are going to come as deep with this self-actualization journey of exploring what love is and touching on generational trauma and a bunch of other things as effectively as Kendrick did while making Kodak Black look like fucking the illest and all this. Not that he needed help, but like all this other shit. Like it's a really cool project. Um, but then if we're talking about listenability, I don't know. I think other albums are going to get listened to more than this one because this project's purpose is more conceptual thought piece stuff rather than like trying to make bops. It's a journey. It's almost like you, like Kendrick makes shit you got to listen to in full. All that being said, I believe this project is absolutely stellar. It's like a good 4.5, and I would say it's a good modern classic. I don't know if I'm going to call it like super classic because classics got tears and shit, but like. This album is one that people are absolutely going to go back to, and I don't think it's going to just not be relevant for a long time. It's really well made. This, I feel like sonically, this is going to outlast Damn. So, like, it's a pretty mm. cool project, and it does a lot here. And there's a lot of sounds for multiple kinds of people to pick a one-two single that they're going to bump on, and I really like it. I like it a lot. So that's what I got to think about all of the stuff related to this project. Thank you so much, everybody out there who has watched our review on Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Moral and the Big Stepper. However long the final video edited out ends up being. Appreciate you if you stuck it through this far with us. You are a real MVP achievement unlocked in your life. Shout out to people who watched it live with us. Y'all are absolutely wonderful as well. Um, you can totally come watch it live with us Sundays, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, twitch.tv slash behind that suit. And um, yeah, otherwise, if you're on the YouTube later on, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, tell us what you thought, all that good stuff. If you want to see us review particular albums of your choosing, uh, feel free to hit us up at patreon.com slash behind that suit. And um, yeah, on that note, everybody, it's been a super wonderful time and live long and prosper and all of that good shit. Bye.